Georgie wants it. All right. Now we'll see you on the other side of the intro. You know what would be great is if you could come and help us plan it. From Atlanta, Fulton County. We're storming the Capitol. It's a revolution. Purple color, I see. Then you maintain the status. December 7th, 19th. And a question of psychopath. I love you so badly. I got me. to the show ladies and gentlemen how you feeling adam that song always puts me on a tangent my yeah, friend it does I, I was thinking some pretty interesting my insecurities were coming up but also my compensations <laughs> you know like how i cope with them you know how you cope you know i i, I guess you really I, this is like therapy for you the opening song absolutely yeah i, I exercise some demons with it you know <laughs> But it's nice to be on the show again. I've yeah. been here in several weeks. Fucking so it's a, nice dude. To, I know you've been you've been busy with your new job full time, right? There we go. <laughs> Portland is a long way from LA. <laughs> I got them all on here. I extended the fucking board here. I got this one. I got this. Here we go. <laughs> and then we. <laughs> that whole. I got the full one on here too. For all four of our listeners. Again, that 60 is sixty or so. You know that that is, of course. Hello, Larry. I, I want to ground myself again in one of the many failed McLean Stevenson uh, sitcoms. Ooh, Doc Martin. After he left on. Mash, I thought it was this gigantic failure. It had like forty-two episodes. Oh yeah, it went two seasons. I think it, you I mean, know they gave a lot of the cast of Mash leeway as yeah, far as the yes. giving their projects room to breathe. Absolutely, almost all of them failed. Alan Alda, did, I think he made his transfer into movies, but they were kind of shitty movies. He wasn't Hannah and her sisters, which was no, 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 no. He was in a Crimes and Misdemeanors, not Hannah and her sisters. But it, uh, yeah, but he was. But there were a lot of failed, failed sitcoms. Wasn't there like Aftermash? Remember that there was yeah, Aftermash. That was with Potter. Potter and I think Jamie Farr had no problem getting and maybe Father Mokehi. I think the three of them did it, you know. Oh, it's okay. Do you know what a big deal it was when Radar when when Colonel Blake, when McLean oh, yeah. Radar left really crashed. Yeah. So yeah, for the people watching, Mash, they they did a, a arc where the original Colonel left to go home. 
And they only told one cast member what the actual ending of the script was going to be. And it was going to be his helicopter crashed on the way home. Yeah. And he dies. You don't see it, but it's just like, yeah, they, it's called Abyssinia Henry. The episode of this podcast where I went to L.A. is called Abyssinia Chicago. Really? Yeah. Wow. After the, the MASH title. Wow. Okay. When Henry okay. Blake dies. Yeah. So absolutely. They, they send him off. He's going home and then they're just doing surgery. And Radar breaks in. Fuck it. Let's fucking watch it. Yeah, R- Radar comes in and just said, and, and, Radar, put your mask on. Put your on. mask on. Because you know his mask it was on COVID. surgery. Yeah. <laughs> and, and which is a totally good little simple direction. Isn't it a good little direction? Like, it adds a certain drama to it, right? Well, because they didn't know so, he was going to come in. It was like an ad lib scene. So yes. it was them kind of feeding off each other, all that like actory ball suck yeah, bullshit. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then he said, Yes, the plane flew over the sea oh, of Japan. A, it's like a special. He says it like there were no survivors. His plane yeah. shot down, and he's really crying because, oh, yeah, like, he yeah. had just read that they killed off. Yeah, exactly. But really, he was going to be Larry. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had he had many. Fa- there was the he's McLean the- Stevenson show. <sighs> wow, I think he had like I want to say like. Four to five shows. I'm going to say six originally, six or seven. I think he had four to five shows that none of them stuck. None of them stuck. Now, none of those MASH spinoffs really worked. You know, he just didn't. Trapper John might have, but Trapper John was a drama with Gregory Harrison. You know, it was like a San Francisco hospital drama. Go. I remember watching go, that, but St. Elsewhere was much better. St. Elsewhere was a Hill Street Blues in a hospital, man. Okay, so this is Colonel Blake says goodbye here. Oh, yeah. I remember this one. Well, this is the same episode, but it's like when they're sending him off. Absolutely. We'll get the full run here. Look, at look, he's got that suit on, man. That's filmed in fucking Griffith Park. Oh, and this is someone's TV. Take it easy, will you, Frank? Frank's a nerd. Yeah. But he's actually banging Margaret. So he's kind of the coolest guy on the on the campus. Well, they well, all like <laughs> fucked with Frank, but he was like, he's banging hot whips. <laughs> and like not raping her like everyone else is. He's yeah, consensually <laughs> fucking hot lips. But they were trying to make it a statement about his like conservative morality, you know? Like, but he was cheating because he's married, actually. Yeah. He's married while well, he's banging. And they're out. that's always they're always threatening to call his wife. Yeah, exactly. Gives him an Italian goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Slaps him with a fucking gabagool. Thanks for the outfit. It's really dressy. Henry, that, uh, that suit is really you. If you're Adolf Marshall. <laughs> Ah, you can the DVDs don't have the laugh track, and it makes the episodes way better. Yeah, because you have to figure out for yourself where the satire is. Exactly, I love doing that. You know, yeah, and kind of writing kind of comes out. You know, thank you, Father. And I feel like the the comedy comes out because the drama gets to sit better without the laugh track because the laugh track kind of fucks with the tension. Yes, where like the tension breaks better without the laugh track. Exactly. Was in such a big hurry. Isn't that such a weird first insecure. trans first trans uh, in on television? Absolutely. Essentially, Max Klinger. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, and Armenian. So he's gone through genocide. <laughs> no, no, I'm telling you, he very much absolutely just like Rip look Taylor. At, look at that Paul chest Wynn. hair. Yeah, <laughs> look at that. I mean, that guy would just send Joe Rogan into a tizzy. Well, well yeah, this is, it's all like, this is like goofy though. It's kind of ham-handed, you oh, know? Oh, it's not a full trans but, 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 at but, all. But it's, but you know, I, I give it credit, right? This is what 
people who hate trans people, this is what they see. It's what they think it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they exactly. think it's Klinger trying to get out of the army. <laughs> yeah, and that's the offensive part is he's not actually trans. Oh, I know. He's I trying know. to <laughs> to get out on a fucking, what do they call it? A, a class nine or yeah. whatever the fuck it is. So or a section to, eight. Yeah. He's know, trying uh, to get the army to say he's crazy. And to do that, he's dressing like a woman. Yeah, absolutely. Which is what total psychos do. <laughs> I was in such a big hurry, didn't get the back zipped. I'll do it. Whoa. Remember this moment? Remember this moment? There you go, soldier. Up, sir. It was a sexual innuendo joke. And there's always moments where, like, when some shit breaks off, fucking Klinger will run out with his rifle and heels and shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Do people talk about this in an offensive light now? No, a lot of people don't even know. It's like a hidden aspect of MASH. MASH reminds people of four in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they're not really, like, in, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They they don't know like you and I do. Like, I still remember. I remember it being a show. Every episode, multiple times. Wow. That's incredible. Me and my dad used to fucking chill because the Hallmark Channel used to play marathons of this, dude. They would fucking run a train on MASH. Isn't that amazing? Over and over. And it's, it all has to do with weed, too, because I would come. My dad had a little room built off of my grandma's garage, and I would go there from school yeah. and just, like, smoke bowls. Like, he would yeah. have bowls, and that's the first time I smoked crack because I smoked a weed bowl that had crack residue mm. in it. And my dad was like, you know there was crack in there. And then he actually let me smoke crack. Wow. What does what is, what is a crack high feel like? So, I got a bit about it. Go to YouTube. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And see the full special. Uh, but it's essentially like, it's just, it's almost like having a panic attack. Yeah, like, God. it's just kind of like your brain kind of speeds up. The sound starts, like all the sound in the world starts going like, and your head like, like waves go through and like all the sound traveled through my head and like, I felt it and it like kind of makes you woozy. And like my dad said, if it's really good, you'll feel sick. Like it makes you feel nauseous. Wow. And it's just eight lines of cocaine at once for like 20 minutes oh god that's why people smoke crack all night because it lasts like 15 minutes cocaine will last hours yeah you can do one line of blow and be fun yeah for the night absolutely but um i never smoked crack i was offered it's rough you really gotta like speed yeah i I don't i don't think i'd be into it i don't think i'd be into it uh i I just know my personality I, i didn't mind coke what I didn't like about Coke was the next day I felt like utter shit. Because inevitably, it, I would drink a shitload well, of alcohol. In, and too, it releases you know? a shitload of endorphins. Yes. So you're literally mentally wore out. Like yeah. they say, doing cocaine releases the same amount of endorphins as running a mile. Wow. Yeah. 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 Wow. I could see that. You know, it's, it makes sense. Comparable feeling. Yeah. Having been working out a lot, you know, I know yeah. the feeling of and running. doing blow off tits. You know, but, <laughs> you know, that's what him and his wife do, her, his girl. But, but I, when I, again, I would drink too much and then I would be, my hangover would be like so much worse than a normal hangover. Like sometimes it would last, sometimes, sometimes it would last two days. Ooh. And, and that's when you've partied pretty hard. You know, oh, that didn't happen no. a lot to me. Gotta learn where the. I, I think I manage my partying pretty. Would you say I manage my partying pretty well? Oh yeah, you're responsible. I mean, yeah. I gave you a bag of edibles three weeks ago, and you've eaten two. Yeah, exactly. That's true. I know. I've only had two. You don't smoke pot during the work week. No, I don't. I mean, this is a, an exception. I get high before work. I'm on the bus. <laughs> like I can't. I couldn't function legally. I can't smoke at the dispensary. It's against the law. Yeah. Like I can't. But like. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a don't ask, don't tell policy yeah. <laughs> as far as what you do in the morning. 
you know? Well, are you adjusted to the work now? Do you feel more sort of at, at yeah. like you're doing it? And like, yeah, how yeah. long have you been doing it for now? Like three months. Okay. You're getting a little bit of experience under your belt. Yeah. Making a, it's good to have a little bit of money coming in, right? Yeah. I can afford yeah. plane tickets home. Uh, good for, uh, and you, I don't have to buy weed. It makes me realize how much uh, of my financial problems were just unloading finances on weed. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. You, Cause Cause you're a pothead. There's I was a, spending. You've literally found hundreds of dollars a month. You literally, you have found the perfect career. I'm proud of you, and I'm being dead well, serious. I still want to do comedy. Yeah, no, I, I get that, but it, it's like a perfect fit. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. It, it's an accepted. Like that's an accepted thing to do. I mean, I tried to pull it off with. I'm doing my consulting thing again and living with my girlfriend with help, helping with expenses. Certainly, and I certainly enjoy being with her. Keeps me sane. You know. She's so good. here's oh, here's, here here's the death. Oh yeah. So Colonel Blake goes off into a helicopter, and then they go to commercial break. Oh, we didn't see him. Did we see him salute him? Okay, we'll do that. Because that, that's a, he's the last person he sees, and, he, and he's he's crying. Oh yeah, because radar. There's like a uh, and, and that's what links the scenes together. Yes, you know, because it ends with him crying. Because and, he yeah, and you think that's going to be the cry. You think that's the cry. It, it, it wrong footed the audience very well. You know, wrong foot of well, the audience uh, well. So long, everybody. So long and uh, good luck. Oh, 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 he makes it with he hot lips. He kisses he with hot lips. Why not? Why not? <laughs> He's basically saying sexual harasser, right? Yeah. Oh, this is sexual assault. I mean, and then get the laugh track. She Whoa! gets all, she like wipes her lips and is all happy though. All yours, Frank. But no, but then we, yeah, we got so this. then, yeah, he goes on the helicopter, and the whole episode, Radar is like bummed that he's leaving, so he doesn't like see him off, and then yes. he peeks up from the door of the office, yep, and he salutes him for as he's t and Colonel Blake salutes him because he's like an underling. He never has to get like it's the a colonel is saluting the fucking clerk. No, no, I, I think he's waiting for him at the helicopter. Okay. And then he salutes Henry Blake, you know, and he's like, and Henry Blake's like, oh, oh yeah, miss you. because you know? then a load of, a, of as he's leaving, a, a helicopter full of wounded come in. Because it's linked so they together. To, yeah. So you gotta go to surgery. And then it goes to yep. commercial break. Yep. And then they come back from commercial break with this. Oh, I wish we could see that. I mean, I could pull up the whole episode no, it's on okay. Hulu. It's okay. That's what I'm saying. If that's my discharge, give it to me straight. I can take it. I have a message. Lieutenant Colonel, Henry Blake's playing. We're getting better audio. Yeah, this, it's I'm going to do oh. this one. I'm going to do this guy. Ooh, this is so good. <laughs> I'm so glad we found this nugget of gold. This is better than the last episode. That's a young... By the way, everybody yeah. should know, Radar is always filmed from the chest up because his hands are nubs. Absolutely. He's, got, he's got a deformed, severely he's deformed He's always hand. got a file in his hand yes. or something. Every now and again, you can catch his little Colin Bohan in he's hand. He's supposed to be a real dick. Oh, he's an asshole like in real really, life. Like he's a total Napoleonic complex you know, dick. Little prick putting a Tumwa, Iowa on the map and it, then being an asshole I know, about but it. Because it makes sense, though. Like a lot of, like he's, he's the opposite of that. You know, he's able to put that facade on. Let's see. <laughs> Radar, put a mask on. If that's my discharge, give it to me straight. I can take it. I have a message. They're on dick and helium. Lieutenant Colonel, Henry Blake's plane. Was shot down over the Sea of Japan. It spun in, dot, dot, dot. 
Yep. Spun in. There were no survivors. There were no survivors. This was like a huge deal. They're all like really crying. So only radar and they did it before he walked through that door. So they literally handed him a sheet of paper yeah. and said, here's the real ending of the show. Yeah. So he's literally dropping a bomb on the actors yeah, right now. Yeah, absolutely. Which, that's also knowing your cast pretty well. Like, they're going to react in a, in a solid it's way. It's a pretty you know? revolutionary move as far as direction. Apparently, the Larry Gelbart, the guy who directed this, is like a genius. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, he's a totally respected. Also, one of the writers, I think he's the guy who did the, the Indianapolis scene in Jaws. He mm -hmm. wrote that. I think he was the guy who had to fly because Jaws was not going well, obviously, as we heard all the stories. And they had to hire him. And he, he wrote the Indianapolis scene, which totally like kind of made the movie. Like, the, And then a, the actor got hammered and rambled. Like apparently he like ruined what was actually written. Well, well he, he did two takes. He did one where he was hammered and then one where he was sober. They went with the sober one. But I guess the hammered one with, with Shaw wasn't really that different. He thought it was, I guess. Like he was a bit embarrassed by it. By yeah. it, but they, they, they filmed it anyway. Yeah, but but Gelbart's a totally. He understands dramatic moments. He understands. Look pauses. at Hawkeye just sawing away with the tears flowing from his eyes. Yep. And then Colonel, but that's what's funny about it being such a monumental moment, because I don't think they envisioned how long the show was going to be on. Because Colonel Potter is a part of the show for far longer. Than, oh, oh yeah, Colonel it's Blake. Like, <laughs> that's the end of season three. At seventy five. At that's the end of yeah. season three, and yeah. it goes for eleven seasons. <laughs> it goes till eighty two. Yeah. You got to understand. When, when I, I was in the eighth grade, it was the year I moved to Wisconsin, and MASH had its final episode in February of 83. B.J. Honeycutt? I mean, B, there's more B.J. Honeycutt than there is Trapper John, you know? If we live in a just world, we'll find MASH somewhere on TV right now. <laughs> I'm for real. Oh, I got one of those. We'll see. This is, this is the test. How late, how late into the night is it? If you can find a random ep of MASH. Catchy will probably be throwing it down. The <laughs> Phil Silvers show. Man. Yeah, that's hilarious. Ooh, we'll throw on the Latin Grams until we... Oh, yeah, that's but there's gotta be some... I'm just gonna go down until if we see MASH. MeTV definitely has to throw some MASH yeah. on at some point. Nickelodeon? Mannix, Barnaby Jones. Oh, yeah. I remember watching Barnaby Jones. There's always a shift in, like, classic <laughs> TV. The Crow is a black movie. They got it on Bounce. W what is, uh... What, what, what is your, what's your theory? What's the shift in TV? What's your theory? That like not the shift, but like certain shows have certain runs. Like they'll show Bob Newhart's shows. Yeah. Whether it's Newhart or the Bob Newhart. Oh, oh you're talking about the reruns. Like everything, yeah. the reruns go through cycles. They'll throw Dobie Gillis on for three years yeah. and then they'll take it <laughs> off. And then like the Patty Duke show will have a run. To me, that would be kind of a cool job to have. You're just going to TV conventions, selling product, right? You're selling, hey, I have the catalog for Jackie Gleason or whatever, you know, for the Honeymooners. But you're probably, it's probably like bad shows too, which is hilarious, oh, yeah. you know? That's always an interesting discussion. Okay, the numbers, what, what, I know like the big thing it used to be with, if you're a sitcom actor, you wanted to get past season four. Because there was a hundred episodes season, at syndication. Yeah, the syndication. I know Evening Shade, remember Evening Shade with, uh, with, uh, it was with, uh, Burt Reynolds in the early nineties. And he, they, they were trying to get to that with syndication and they didn't give it to him. And he was pissed off. That was his last. Oh, hurrah. hey, we got, uh, we got, uh, Aponte in the chat. His star was fading by that point. 
Reynolds was still trying to hold on in television. <laughs> pop out this fucking chat here. I, I love. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. But again, do you understand? When I was a kid, Burt Reynolds, Burt Reynolds, and by the way, this is probably every episode I say this. He was the movie star. And for like five years, it wasn't like for a year or two, from 77 to 82 when I became aware of movies. That's when I really became aware. You know, as a kid going into my teenage years, he was the, the movie star. It was, it was not Paul Newman, you know, McQueen had died, you know. It was not uh, Robert Redford, you know. Uh, it wasn't uh, J Jack Nicholson. It was fucking, it was Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds was a fucking star. A star of the highest order, you know? When was the Playgirl spread? Well, he was in Cosmopolitan. Cosmopolitan had a, uh, had a, had a centerfold of Burt Reynolds, you know, like in 73, 72. He's all hairy. That was a big... <laughs> I love that that was like the thing in the 70s. Like, being a real hairy man was like... That was the masculine yeah, trait. Yeah, having like popular. a ruggy chest. Absolutely, man. Having, having a rug a, level absolutely. of hair laying on a bearskin rug <laughs> in front of a fire. Yeah. It's a famous picture. <laughs> absolutely. He's covering up his man parts. Anyway, we failed on finding MASH, but I will... Let's... let's. Can you imagine being... <laughs> like, that was like, hey, man, the women have been taking it off for years. Now it's the guy's so turn. So what do you, what do you want to tap into? Because as we know, we're counting down to Christmas on the Hallmark Channel. Thanksgiving doesn't exist. This is going to be a pivot. This is going to be a pivot. And I, I don't want to be too harsh okay. with this, too too stark. But you had said you'd saved up some Bobby Knight footage. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Of his, because uh, Bobby Knight. The Reaper touched Bobby. Yeah. The, the, the sickle came in. And I, uh, as you know, I, uh, I feel a certain connection to Bobby Knight. Yeah. I remember seeing him coach when I, when I was at Wisconsin, Indiana. I, I saw. I was like seeing Bobby Knight was like that. Was, you were seeing a star. By the way, the chat you know? Aponte in the chat says chest hair and Bush was in in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. He's, oh, absolutely. Oh, but I mean, I, listen, not not the band. You know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, oh no. I, I'm old enough where my, my earliest sex was big time Bush sex. <laughs> big time Bush. <laughs> that's what, just going through the thicket. Uh, you know, it, that that's what it was. And, and now you know, let me ask this. That was normal. That was what it because was. Because in my era, it was there, but there, there's variations. Because everyone had a bush, was there like ones you liked versus like, oh, this one is wild. Like, verse, or like, you know, it kind of was going up onto her belly. And that's. <laughs> yeah. And to be honest with you, not real. I didn't have that experience. So I, I you know, with maybe I didn't have enough experience, but yeah. no, I, I had some, I had enough. You know, uh, not in the 80s, but in the very early, early 90s, absolutely. That's when I started to get laid, you know. So, yeah. And so that was still the look. It wasn't until the mid-90s that it started to get trimmed. Crows going around being like, you her know? bush was shaped like the state of <laughs> South Carolina. <laughs> but that was, uh, um, I, I never felt like it was, uh, I, I liked it. So, I liked it. So I got three different options I enjoyed here. it. <clears throat> I got, uh, well, feminine. first the headline is, the Reaper took swings at Bobby Knight. We covered Matthew Perry's arc on Growing Pains last episode with oh, James yes. Bailey. Yeah, oh, that's hilarious. I saw some of that, actually. So I have Bobby Knight throws chair, gets ejected versus Purdue, 1985. Full incident. I have Connie Chung and Bobby Knight oh, in 1988. You're going to love that And one. I have Bob Knight <laughs> chokes Neil Reed. Larry's going to cover her ears on that one. I mean, it is so not PC. When he says Connie Chung, that's a. These are great selections. Yeah, these are solid. I selections. went through his Wikipedia and looked at his most controversial. Moments. So again, so we have the chair, we have the Connie Chung, and, and then and Neil Reed. Oh, Bobby well, Knight chokes Neil Reed. There was another one. I thought you were going to have one. He used to show up sometimes at press conferences with a bullwhip, 
And he was like, I'm going to use this on my players. Because he was, because basically he was leaning into the idea of, I think maybe he had been accused of being a racist yeah. potentially. Well, and you were saying, because they had, he was one of the few coaches that had closed door practices. So oh. you were like, oh, he was punching his players. Oh, uh, he was in. I read the book, if you ever get the chance to read it, very readable book, Season on the Brink by John Feinstein, who was a sports reporter for the Washington Post. I read it like, God, maybe when I was in college. And then I saw the movie Whiplash. Remember that drumming movie, Whiplash, mm -hmm. with J.C. Simmons, is that his name? or J, uh, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. That movie where he plays this insane teacher, like just hard, tough teacher. And it reminded me of Bobby Knight. And so I went back and read the book for a second time. It's a pretty good, it's not a great book, but it's a pretty good book. It just captures what a lunatic he was. And, and what's interesting about the book is it was his first year after coaching a losing season. He had never had a losing season while coaching at Indiana. You know what's funny is because Bobby Knight coached when I was a kid. Yes. Indiana was dog shit. Yeah. The, and his last year, they got worked by Maryland absolutely. In, the, in the championship game. It was like 2000 no, no, or something No, the, like that. that was the first year he left. Was okay. Like Mike Davis was the coach, which th th that's so an interesting thing. That's an interesting thing is basically they're telling Bobby Knight you're not that important. We got to the final without you, Bobby Knight, which yeah. I think is kind of an interesting Because it was you. the same team. Uh, absolutely. It was, and, and it was the same players, and they almost won the whole thing. You know, so it was kind of like, okay, you think you're amazing. We're going to get rid of your ass. But when he left, it was, I mean, he was, I know people, a lot of people from Indiana, my age group, you know, went into Chicago comics. I was very good friends with, went to Indiana. And Bobby Knight was like a respected figure, Bobby Knight. And I'm just like, he's such an asshole. He's such a jerk. Yeah. But he's and also. It, but it was also at a time where that was kind of fun. Well, yeah. Like they kind of enjoyed it. He was a firecracker. They, oh, it yeah. It was good for the press conference. Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, a lot of people like that hard ass. They like that red ass in America. That's part of the appeal of Trump. He had that big dick energy, you know, but he was an absolute asshole and a sociopath. I mean, he really fucked with people's heads. There was a guy in, in the, the season is the 85, 86 season, which was the year before they won his last national championship. But a year after they finished below 500 for the first time in, in his 17 years of coaching. So he was apoplectic about having coaching a losing team. It just did not sit well with him. So he had this team that really wasn't that talented. Steve Alford was a sophomore. He was I think I've heard of him. He yeah, played in the league. Absolutely. A little bit, but he, he also played coached. In the league. He's coached a bunch of colleges. Iowa, Nevada, UCLA. He's an asshole. Yeah. He's part of this Christian coaching association. But he had some talent, but they had a guy, Daryl Thomas, 6'6 center, you know, on the team. They went to the, they went to the uh, NCAA that year, lost in the second round to Cleveland State. But the point is, is he used to ride this guy, Daryl Thomas, in practice so bad. He made him cry six times that year. He, he wept. This is, this is a Division I athlete. He wept like Adam Crocious after yeah. Walter Payton <laughs> ran for 275. 275. I mean, he made him cry like many times. And it's like, I get it. I mean, you're 20 or 21. You're still young. But it's like, Jesus Christ, because he just rode his ass so hard. He also, one of the things, one of the stories in the book, I think I've told this before, he would sometimes hold a shit in for halftime, and then he would take a shit at halftime. He'd wipe himself and then come out of the toilet and say, this is what you're playing like with his shit and stuff. You know, Sidebar, like, have you heard Josh McDaniels oh. would walk around with a jock strap? And when he heard someone like talking shit about him, he would throw it at him and go, why don't you smell that? Gee, that's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. Like all these stories are coming out about what a weird frack guy. He cut fucking, uh, who was that fucker that was on the cover? Peyton Hillis? Oh, 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 yeah. He yes. cut Peyton Hillis because he thought Hillis was attracted to his wife. Oh, Jesus Christ.
So he's just a weirdo. Just a weird Bel. These Belichick guys yeah. are fucking toads, dude. I, I will say there is a guy, a Belichick guy, coaching the Vikings defense now, and I'm Brian very, Flores. I'm very happy. Well, yeah, he well Belichick. You know, he wasn't our kind of guy. You know, yeah. we had to get him out of there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Too, too argumentative. <laughs> you know. Didn't, yeah, didn't really play along yeah he, he had opinions you know he actually stood up for himself he is great i mean he's been he's revel he's a good head coach i think he yes. was he was racially fired now oh, they oh, got mike mcdaniel the for it man you know i mean like whoa man yeah you know it's now they like, got mike mcdaniel so it worked out but there's no way he i think they finished eight and six and they started oh and six. Oh yeah like yeah. they won like eight games in a row the, there when he was a coach of the dolphins yeah oh, oh yeah no, he had a three-year they never went to the playoffs but they were like a 500 team i think three years in a row he went from like they started oh and four and yeah. he got them to an over 500 record absolutely his defense has improved from the first year to the third by the third year miami had a genuinely good defense so I can tell you, watching the Vikings, and they're on a five-game winning streak right now, as you know, uh, their defense is playing much better. Just much Weirdly, better Weirdly, ever since Eberfuck became defensive coordinator, yeah. the Bears' defense is kind of playing better. <laughs> they're not scoring points, yeah. but they're only giving up like 10 to 13 points the last yeah. three games. Like, Have they played better? I think the D has turned the corner. Yeah. Which sucks because I do want them to just get rid. I mean, Jim Harbaugh has to be the coach of the oh Bears next year. God, he's such an asshole, though. He's God, the savior, he's such though. An asshole. I want those tinted glasses over on that sideline. He's modern Deadco. But he, you know, I mean, but he's an offensive coach. Yeah. And, it's, and the fact is, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, he knows the game of football. He's a good coach. Yeah, dude. He's a good, but he is a dick. Oh, dude, I don't care because we dick. all know that's just freedom of speech. Yeah. <laughs> so here it is. Because Harbaugh knows that. But without a shadow of doubt, the United States of America is the greatest country of them all. Ah. <laughs> Who is that? Is Scott that? Steiner. There was an episode <laughs> of Raw where he had to debate a French wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like his debates. <laughs> what would the. Oh, was it, like, what, was it during the Iraq blood. War? Oh, yeah. Listen. Yeah, of course. Terrorism through first blood on 9 11, and you can bet your sweet ass. We're going to get even, and we're going to finish it. Listen to that arena full of people. So this is the chair-throwing incident. Yep. Now, is this the first... When did it start get coming out that, like, okay, this guy's wild? Oh, oh, I mean, it was all in the 70s and shit, too. I mean, it was deaf, but he was extremely successful in the 70s. Extremely... That, his high watermark... Didn't they pass on Bird? Well, no, they, they had Larry Bird as a freshman. Larry Bird passed uh, night on on, uh, on campus. Said, hey, coach, how you doing? Like it was like his third or fourth day being there, and and, and he just ignored him the entire. He didn't even acknowledge Larry Bird's presence because he was all Bobby Knight and thinking about fucking whatever you know, some battle Omaha Beach on June sixth or something. <laughs> no, I can't talk to you, my gears. I'm thinking about Ted Williams and John Wayne yeah. right now, uh, whatever. And and I guess Larry Bird was so offended by that he dropped out of Indiana. Yeah, he went the bum fuck well he went to indiana state he took a year off this is what basketball was like back then this is larry bird who was amazing excellent basketball yeah. player and that was back when literally like took a year off went and changed oil at oh, yeah, the gas exactly. station he, 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 he cut lawns and stuff in french look he cut he cut lawns and he also worked at a hotel where there was a bunch of black guys who worked at the hotel because he get a good pickup basketball game so he kept his skills kind of yeah, sharp playing on dirt and, and then he went to indiana state and played all four years i remember he was a, he was a senior he was 24 years Old, so when he took Indiana know? State to the title game against or Michigan, that was like, uh, he, like they were they were not going to win that 
national title game. Yeah, they were undefeated, but I actually watched bits and pieces of that recently. It's totally good to it's watch. It's a close game. Well, it's, I mean, Michigan State, you can tell, is just, well, they're a little more urban, shall they got we the say. <laughs> they also had Jay Vincent, who's in the league. Greg Kelser was the fourth overall pick. And Sam Vincent. They had four NBA players on that team, and they had Magic. And it was Magic was a phenomenon. So but really, the thing of that game is that it signaled the future of the NBA. Absolutely. And, and it was all, it's, the most, it's the most popularly watched NCAA championship game in history. Like, I had more viewers. It had like tens of. It had a mash finale level. You know, of yeah, yeah, and that's why. And the NBA was smart. I mean, they were able to kind of capitalize on that. They needed it. So here's the chair yes. throw. Yeah, this is certainly he. He was starting to lose it. Like this was like okay, he's losing it. Look at the TV stuff. Look at that. This is actually a good clip. A good quality oh, yeah. clip. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. Here's what I want to know real quick. Are you going to get that chair? Let's fucking really analyze this toss. Now, when you were watching TV in this era in 85, did it look like this? Or were, was it like clearer? I'm going to be honest Like, with is you? this not much of a quality difference? It really isn't that different. It was probably a little bit clearer than this, but not a lot. Yeah. Not a lot. This I mean, was still probably the era of like you're just amazed that you're getting a picture. Well, it's, it's color TV. It had only been around for about 15 years yeah. at that point, you know? So it, I mean, cable TV had happened. So this would have been on ESPN and your, your reception was perfect. I had cable growing up. I had a little black and white oh, TV. Oh, that was probably a game changer. Yeah. Not having to fucking stand with your leg up while you hold the fucking yeah, antenna. Absolutely. You know, cable TV Hang was a breakthrough. Hang your keys from the fucking antenna because the metal. <laughs> <laughs> and that, or you'd have like aluminum foil on it. I remember my grandparents had one of these rotating ones where you'd turn it in a direction put it, you put it on the porch and, and the, the aerial would turn around it would, and up on their head it was like this is like this is like the space shuttle or something yeah you technology. literally had to turn the antenna on the roof well, and, and it would move like it had a, a motor and, and then between you got cable it definitely like uh it was better than this but not much better my grandma's the first cable box of my life was one of those where when you hit a button the other one would pop out wow well, you know what I had? <laughs> I, I had the one where it, it was a plastic little like pointer that just went across like 35 channels would just go, you would go across it and it would change all the channels on your TV that quickly. And you knew like, okay, 17 was, uh, you know, TBS and 19 was ESPN. And, and you had like the basic package. So this would have been on ESPN. So here he's rearing back. So the, he's, he's upset at the ref. Do you yeah. know what happened? Uh, I don't know the full story about what would happen. So, but he, he got, got teed up. Well, yes. Look at here. Look at here. Wow. And that's like, that's like a going towards students and shit. Absolutely. He's a fucking baby. He's an, I mean, he is an asshole, man. He picked up another T. They love it, though. Oh, listen to those Indiana Dude, faithful. Because it's, it, it, they're hicks. They love it. Right now, if Austin Frost oh, is watching this. Oh, can you imagine the ends? He's calling that referee. Well, I mean, I, I guess Bobby Knight was pretty good on that. He, would, he wasn't Well, he like knew that he needed obvious. him to play. Yes. You know, absolutely. He was one of those racists that's like, I got to like them because they're, they're yeah. beneficial for my career. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're so apparently, help and I heard this from Shane Gillis's comedy special. There's a Netflix special about Alabama. And the whole idea of it is that like Bear Bryant was the first one to like integrate Alabama Absolutely. in like the 70s, which was early too late. 70s. I was 71, but 70, the 71, idea of it 72. was that like 
he just realized that having black people was the only way to compete. They got like worked by all. The, they played mm -hmm. USC and got their asses whipped. We, we, Sam the Bam Cunningham, Randall Cunningham's brother, who yeah. played for the Patriots, who was a very good running back in the 70s, was a tailback for USC. They flew to uh, Alabama, played them, beat him the first game of the season. He scored three touchdowns. And I guess Bear Bryant said, we got to get, get some me, blacks. He's like, I got to get me one of them. That's what he said. I got to get me one of them because Alabama had, had three straight years of being like seven and four, six and five, like not that good. And they had won national championships. Yeah. And he realized, I, I need to get some black players. Ozzie Newsom was one of the very first African American players that he And got. then they rolled. That was the, then they rolled tied. Yeah. In, in the late 70s, they won two national championships. They, they were good. But that's the whole they point of his joke. He was like, that's so an oppressed group. If you want to get rights, just put together a hard nosed football team. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And he goes, take remember the Titans. He was like, they hated black people. And then they were like, wait. We're four and zero. I know <laughs> those are my brothers. Well, exactly. I know that's all it was. I know, of course. You know, makes perfect sense. Well, why do you think can't like the AFL was good? You know, can the Chiefs? The Chiefs. If you look at, I watched. They have these great redone footage of Super Bowl four, and we'll get to this Super Bowl four of Vikings Chiefs, and it's all digitally remastered. It looks the color is amazing. If you watch this, it's incredible. I'm like. This is a really good picture. They introduced the offensive line for the Vikings, which is all these white guys, all weighing like 230, 240. You know, Ron Yeri, who was actually a very good player, first round pick, was young. He was big. Then they showed the defensive line for the Chiefs. It was Buck Buchanan, Curly what Culp. A, what a great. Oh, uh, and Buck Buchanan was, they were all like. Hands just made a tape. When they came out, it was, they were all like. 270. I was like, there is no way the they Vikings just got are their win this fingertips game. peeking out of the tape to yeah, put oh, yeah. their hands down. Yeah, yeah, the and they club people yeah. and stuff. Absolutely. And, and it was Page like, was a clubber, wasn't he? Well, no, no. Uh, pa Page was that he had, he had bare hands. He was just fat. He had an excellent first step. His first, you could not block him for a while. You could not. He would be like the guard would not be out of the three point stance, and he would be at his shoulder, and the guy would be panicking trying to block. It happened all the time with Page. All the time. He was also, you know what he weighed? He weighed 240 pounds. As a he was and, lean. And when he played for the Bears, because he played for the Bears the last three and a half years of his career. And he just dominated. He, he was, was good. He had, he had a 10 sack He's like in the Bears 79. Hall of Fame. They like retired his number. He, he's a total hero. To, I mean, he, he's a totally good, like, very big with the union too. And he's part of the reason why Buddy Ryan was hired, or not fired, when they got rid of uh, Neil Armstrong, who was a Viking coach. Then they got Didkin and, and kept Buddy Ryan. Oh, yeah, Ryan. because uh, Buddy, I mean, the Alan GM was Buddy a Ryan. Viking guy. Exactly. It was, Jim, it was Finks, I think. Right? Jim yeah. Finks, yeah. Yeah, they had, and, and so, which that's part of the reason why they became good. Oh, Finks honest, was yeah. the whole 83 draft. Yeah, absolutely. They, they knew they had to get some talent, and they got it. But, but the point is, with Page, or, or with watching it, it, it is just, uh, it's so obvious, like, that they were going to lose that game. It was just so apparent when you watch it now. It's like, they have no chance in hell. And again, because the Chiefs knew they wanted to win, and the Chiefs were African-American. They had an African-American team. Yeah, they, they knew what they were doing. You know what I mean? They had a very African-American team. So <laughs> that was the Ray AFL. talking to uh, Mr. Floyd down in the uh, corner. Yeah, now, how much of a controversy did this did this kind of last long? Like, oh, was this, yeah. this was a big fucking deal. I remember they, they played Minnesota like two months later in the Is season. Is that fucking uh, the cancer guy? Who's the other coach? Oh, it's Dan Dockett. Okay. Just one guy. I think it's a... This has erupted. There's a good chance Bobby Knight's been ejected from this basketball. Of course he of should course be ejected. He has. I love how the fucking other bigwig coach is just like, what, what's going on here? Look at those shorts. Oh, yeah. 
get to the score. Jordan hadn't team. truly taken over. I mean, yet. those are boxer briefs. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's Steve Alford oh, right there. They probably thought it was so thug toward the way Jordan wore oh, his uniform. Oh, it, it was. I mean, it, it it changed fashion sensibility. You know, this is '85 still. Jordan by by two or three years later, Jordan had taken over, taken over the sport of basketball. Bobby Knight loved Jordan. He loved Michael Jordan, you know. Uh, look, and, and he gets cheered. He's such a dick. Oh, they God, love he's it. He's such an asshole. And, and his whole, like, <laughs> he's just a bully, you know. I mean, he didn't like the academic. You know, it's just, <laughs> he graduated his players. He always said, we graduate over 90% of our players. That's because everyone else just dropped off the team. They couldn't stand playing for him. There were guys, like, in the, in the season on the brink here, there was a guy, Greg Calloway, who was a pretty good player. He played three years for Indiana. He couldn't do his fourth year. He was like, I just can't play for this guy anymore. And he transferred to Kansas. Like, all these guys, people dropped off of those, those teams all the time because he was such an insane lunatic. Speaking of insane lunatic, we're going on. Here's the Chung clip. This oh, is, yeah. This Connie is Chung, this is 88. Oh, yes. Then yeah. there's no purpose in his being out there well you don't think you sometimes might be guilty of temper out of control oh no i think if i'm ever out of control i quit oh no when you say that so innocently oh no that's him being like out of control means i've killed somebody yeah i don't i've never hit anybody uh, that's not true. publicly do you do you know what he yeah did they go I this? went down the, the line yeah. of our kids one time you what you do and just hit them on the shoulder whacked them come on let's go let's, Ooh. Go, let's go yeah yeah. That was not her shoulder. No, I know. I he know. just slapped Connie yeah, Chung. Absolutely. Wait, and this, this is not the worst of it. There's other things he does. <laughs> Let's look back at that. I mean, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't, I've never hit anybody. He's got the look in his eyes like, you fucking cunt. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He, he, he's a, he's a mean spirited human being. Haven't so, you gone? Go, yeah. So, yeah, what, what he, uh, what he did, he said he didn't hit anybody. Uh, the Pan Am Games of 1979 were in Puerto Rico. So a lot, a lot of teams come to the Caribbean, go and play. And he was coaching the team. It was part of like going through the process of trying to become the Olympic coach. So brought him down there, got pissed off at a cop. He punched a cop in Puerto Rico. He punched a cop in Puerto Rico. There was still an arrest warrant for him the day he died. I mean, because he, he never went back to Puerto Rico because they would have arrested him. He punched a cop. So you're an asshole. You know, you're you're an asshole. Oh yeah. You know? I mean, there's it makes. And that's how powerful winning is because the white protecting a cop hitter. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. I mean, it, it's just like it's it's whatever. He's, he's well, he, add Connie Chung to that list. But again, you can see why Trump, why he loved Trump. You know what I mean? It's Dude, just like, I bet you fucking uh, Maury was on the other side of that camera, and he's just like, "What, bitch?" Uh, yeah, I want I want to hear what else. I just slapped say. your wife. Was it's she with crazy. Was she with Maury at this? point? Oh, yeah, absolutely. She was. This was like. Late 80s, early 90s, Connie Chung. She was a star. She, she was very much a star. Looks so much hotter than my Connie Chung. Mm. My Connie Chung was tiny and had like a bun haircut. She lost her looks. There's no doubt about oh, it. Oh, she pivoted hard to yeah, like Koreatown yeah. vest <laughs> with the gloves. Yeah, actually like pushing you out of the way. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Up to a kid and gone whack. Oh yeah, I went down. I went down the, the line of our. I kids. went down the line. That's literally. So you have. Oh yeah, every one of our players. Yeah. One time. You what you do? And just hit them on the shoulder, whacked them. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> I needed that. That was nice, soft touch you had there. 
Well, this, for Christ's sake, isn't like interviewing some politician that wants to be on television. I don't give a damn whether you ever put this on television or not. God, he he's like, oh, we're going to put it on television. Yeah, he, I mean, look, listen to what a defiant asshole he is, you know? To Bobby Knight because he's a power figure, a bit of a rascal, and usually a, a winner. A bit of a rascal? And that's what we're buying today, the winner. He's pulling the up in a Rolls? Beeper in the pocket, phone in the car. Ooh, the number on the back of the phone is such an era. My Uncle Tom had one of those phones in his Toyota Camry in 1992. That's hilarious. Moving up, moving fast. Fast food, fast times, fast track. You gotta understand. Bobby doesn't like any of this. He thinks it's black. Yeah, you know, this is, uh, look at how 80s this is. God, this is so fucking 80s. I mean, I used to, because I hated this. When I was 19, I hated this. American dream. Good preparation, hard work, reward. This is like partly some Reagan propaganda shit right here. Absolutely. Chung is throwing some reg props. She was not some progressive. <laughs> Absolutely. Like they're really selling, like, this is the beginning of that Wall Street shit. Well, oh, I, no, it was when it was in full swing. Of like, the, look the, at the reap of the benefits. The, the, the beginning of it was like 83, 84. That was the so very beginning. In this era, are people really like the economy's flying right now, dude? Oh, well, it was sort of the perception of that. But, but it wasn't because Bill Clinton really kicked off the economy. Yeah, he was the only fiscally responsible president we've ever had. But technology changes. The economy changes. And what was once the path to the good life turns into a treadmill. Jackie Kennedy thought she was the right person at the right place at the right time. I started working for AT&T in February of 1979. I was very impressed at the time I tested for AT&T. You had to test into the company. When I passed the test, I was so proud. Um, I thought the world's largest employer is, is going to have me. Did you envision rising in the company? Oh, absolutely. Oh, this is like sexism and um, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where you could, if you did well, you could move up. Um, where if you gave your all, they were willing to reward you. So what well, was the th job that you did? That's the lie that's fed in our country. You know? I went in as a service representative. I enjoy people. I'm a people person. I like talking to people. I like helping people. I like being able to say I can take... She likes talking to people, all yeah, right? She likes talking too much. For you She's and gotten... know that I can take care of it. Know that you're not going to have a problem with this after I finish Is this it. like... Racism and sexism at a workplace. It just, right? I, this is what I pulled up when I, I Googled wow. Connie Chung. Let's see, what Let's see if yeah. they, I just want to see if they go back to Bobby. They have to. No, I don't think Oh, they, they don't? Do. When Kennedy started Shit. at AT&T. We'll go, we'll find it. Yeah, that's okay. Because he was, another thing that he said to her, God, I, I, I don't want to give it away, but we'll see. If we can't find it, I'll say what he said to her during that interview. But the look in his eye, he's a sociopath. I, I knew like high school coaches who were that way. That's why I, I don't think I was a particularly good athlete because I, I just did not respond well to that. I didn't respond to some guy being a dick to me. Who, who remember that comic Alex? Uh, Connie Chung got abused by so many celebrities. Marlon Brando. Who, who did a? Uh, uh, but yeah, what, what did um? Who was the guy? Alex Dravich. Who was the guy? The, the comic in Chicago. Dragovich. Dragovich. Exactly. He played Division One basketball. You know, he played okay. for Notre Dame and Boston College. And he, I mean, he didn't really get into the details. He said, yeah, the coaches were dicks. Your, your assistant coaches, all the coaches are just dicks. So that's the one I picked because it popped up first, but maybe it's in these sound bites here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's see this one. Yeah, let's watch this. This will be good. Let me answer that. You know, that is an absolute crock of You know, you people in the news media, all of you uh, dwell on some negative piece of 
like that. And I don't yeah. know how Steve I like feels this. about it, but it just yeah. Keep it on. And you don't have to bleep one. I'm saying the cussing, the like the the, the the offer. Offer was. Yeah. I had a friend one time that that oh. said, "Why had my uh, brother had a good when he died? Did this happen? Why had he become so popular after he became 85?" And he said, "Cause I outlived all those sons of that didn't like me." Just remember, when you're at a game and you see grass, it's the opposite side of the ball. But if you see hardwood out there, it's the other end of the floor. Try to help you young guys in this profession you've chosen. It's one or two steps. I forgot he coached at Texas Tech. Oh yeah, I've oh for many years. Yeah. This is without question the most comfortable red sweater I've had on in six years. I can't tell you. If it amazes you, then you don't know anything about basketball. You're, you're uh, uh, illuminating your uh, relative lack of knowledge of the game with a statement like that. Let's just start all this again. Now, I'm not here to argue the thing with you. I'm not going to debate things with you and people from television. You know, you want an answer from me, you get the answer. You don't like an answer, then don't use the program, okay? What a baby. Yeah, he had a whip. He got a bull whip. Probably yeah. no motivational device I've ever come across is as good as this. Boy, this is really good. See the see the blood drip out of it. You watch that. See that? I mean, you're insane. Patrick Knight is my all-time favorite Indiana player. I wonder why. It's his kid. We only got two people that are going to tell you I'm not going to be here. One is our SID and the other is me. Who the hell told you I wasn't going to be here? I'd like to know. Do you have any idea who it was? Yeah, I do. Who? I'll point them out to you in a while. They were from Indiana, right? No, they're not. No, from weren't from Indiana, and you didn't no. get it from anybody from Indiana, did you? Could we please no, I'll, do, I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Coach, I just said good game. <laughs> In my entire adult life, I've never used the expression game face. So I have no idea what it means or what you're supposed to do. Here we go. Yes. When my yeah. time. No Connie. Here it is. On no. earth is gone. Yeah. And my activities here are past. I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my My grandpa used to say that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just like... It's so hack. But it's also like, it's such an asshole thing to say. So what did he say to Connie? Well, he was... Okay, what he said to Connie Chung was... Uh, the context was... T, it I was think, still Ma Bell. Oh, no. She delivered... Oh, no, shit. I thought it was... It was the, I, the concept of, hey, if you're being raped, he said, you know, it's kind of like the concept of being raped, Connie. And I don't know if he was talking about hitting his players or if it's going to happen, you might as well just enjoy it. And he said, he was rape. He said rape specifically. And it was like, and she was, she has a quizzical look of like that. I don't even understand the logic of what you're saying. Yeah. Even she knows that, you know, some hack he's mainstream like, journalist. You want to do another take on that? You know, but he was, uh, he's a lunatic. I mean, he's a, he, and he's done, and he's just a mean spirited old fuck. He doesn't want anyone to ask him any questions about anything he ever does. And that's why it appeals to certain people. He has contempt for the media and you know, whatever. Yet he's also addicted to it too. It's part of his fame. 
Maybe he hates that about it. I don't know. But, you know, it's just like, own up to it. You know, you're, you're, you're part of it, too. You know? So that was uh, the Reaper taking a swing at yeah. Bobby Knight. At Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight is <laughs> is not alive anymore. He's not alive oh, anymore. Is this? The Crow. I fucking loved this movie yeah. as a kid. You know, I, I walked I like the recently. crow after. I walked a little taller after I saw the crow. Really? Really. It made me think being dark was cool. Uh, yeah. 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 Like being mis- morbid and staring down at the ground when you walk and like not paying attention to people. Yeah. Is like dope. Yeah. 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 This, uh, this came up. You know, how old I, this came out, I was 24 years old when this came out. I like this. When this movie came out, I didn't wear a sleeve past my wrist. Yeah. For the rest of my life. Sleeves at the fingertips. Yeah. (laughs) Dark, everything hangs. Yeah. Just a husk. Yeah, this was very a very dark movie. Alex Proyas directed this. The guy who did Dark City directed this. Oh, yeah. I'm your passenger. Drive. What the fuck are you supposed to be, man? This is based on a comic book. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The guy's dude, the guy who wrote this comic book is the fucking shakiest, most depressed white man you'll ever see. He's got like the bald, long hair. <laughs> you want to yeah. see James O'Barr? Yeah, absolutely. I want to see yeah, absolutely. <laughs> explain, I, I like the, the crow. Hear James O'Barr explain the tragedy of this fucking comic book. <laughs> I, I like this. I also like uh, Sin City. You know, Frank uh, oh, Frank Miller. Frank he is a yeah. right wing nut job. Yeah, now. yeah, I can believe that too. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. I, I don't even know what labels. I don't know what anyone. I think people have literally been driven crazy the last decade. Oh yeah, it's literally been. Now it's and, kind of been. You're a straight up fascist, or you're like a reasonable human being. Yeah, oh yeah, no, exactly. It, it's not Democrat, Yeah, it's literally like, it's rational versus irrational. That That's all it is, you know, and it's pretty incredible. The the pandemic, there has been no national mourning over it. You know what I mean? 1.1 million people died. Isn't that, isn't that a lot of people? That's a lot of people, all right? We'll right? do it. we'll do it from 11 years ago. 1.1 million people died. Shouldn't there be some sort of national mourning over that? Like, shouldn't there be a discussion, like oh, some yeah. sort of reckoning about it? You know what I mean? Or just a discussion about, hey, let's be honest. The country has gone through a trauma. The world has gone through a trauma, and the country has certainly gone through a trauma. Everyone died during it. Poor people, rich people, black people. I was arguing you know? with some of my fucking conservative friends, and yeah. I was like, you guys are going to get your shot. I was like, oh, and, but I was like, Trump, I go, Trump didn't do shit. He was president for eight years and didn't do shit. And they were like, Trump was only president for four. And I go... Felt like eight. Because <laughs> <laughs> so it went did. For, oh, absolutely. It felt like two terms. Oh, absolutely. It, it, his, his presidency was a trauma. So this is James O'Barr, year 2000. After the movies made him probably a little chunk of change, yeah. we're meeting him in his basement. Hopefully he got a good deal. Dude. You never know. This guy's so dark. Basement of his Detroit home. What? We need it to be quiet. Tell me to shut up. Tell you not to be banging shit around or turning the TV on. Okay. It's ripping a butt in this yeah. fucking room. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> a heat rocket, I man. Started you know, fucking health stick. <laughs> Put one down. A heat rocket. <laughs> I was, really didn't care for the, the illustrations that were in my coloring book, so I would do my own on the on the backs of the pages. And um, yeah, it's in, yeah, this guy's contemplating the care. darkness of life. Yeah, yeah, th- this guy's aff- he's affected. Yeah, he's touched. 
You know what I mean? Like he's he's Three wrestling with some shit. Let's see if he gets into the meaning of there. And and because it's it's so draining and it takes so much out of me, um, you know, something has to be worthwhile for me to uh for me for me to invest that much emotion into it. So, you know, all the projects that I've done, um, you know, have been like a real personal statement. I haven't stared at the sky in twenty two years. Is he still know? alive? Oh yeah for me and there are things that i've done for myself nothing because he, he's nothing like my been, age or something know, i think for right purely entertain oh yeah human value um you think like if you were 24 you'd be like man he looks good <laughs> wait, 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 no 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 wait, wait, well, how uh, old were you in 2000 i was 31 if you looked like him or you would you be like hell yeah no, no, he, he does not look good. He does not. Look, I look you better know, in my youth. We all do. That's that's the butts, you know. Yeah, exactly. Peeling the skin back you know, a little yeah. bit. Therapy or like working out all my problems or anger. That's the health stick. That's the nail in the coffin. I just work it out on paper. I yell at my mom. God, I just did not like the buzz of a cigarette, <laughs> Keith. Didn't like it. Parental figures, and then when I did, um, cool. let's see if he gets to the old crow here. With one area like hands and feet and uh I don't give a fuck want to hear about your dead girlfriend dog what at me i kind of felt like god had his elbow on my neck my whole life and it was like i just had to get to the end of it you know i had to i had to get to the end of the race and then you know then good things would happen and when i was 16 i uh i met this girl and she was like an angel to me i mean she was just you know, absolutely everything I had ever wanted, and I thought, you know, well, I, you know, I did it. I got to the end of the race. I got, you know, you know, for uh, I touched a booby. You know, yeah. <laughs> I got to second base, but I got wasn't to, an athlete. But I, you know, you know, she let me. We did grabsies, and you know, <laughs> we're not caving in for hand stuff and mouth stuff, and for you know, fighting through. That. I told my mom she we were getting married. Sixteen years of. Uh, <laughs> Um, difficulty. I finally got to the end, and I, you know, I've got, um, you know, I've got the prize. And she was like the exact opposite of me. I was, you know, dark and brooding and sarcastic and uh, really venomous and everything. And she was like, just like this bright white light who was always happy. And I never heard her say a foul word or a, a word against anyone. Um, you know, if I would, uh, if I would like verbally attack someone, she would point out their good points. And so it was like, we, uh, I don't know. It was like positive and negative. We just kind of fit. The original comic book character, the crow was based off of sting. Oh, yeah. The singer sting. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Uh, sting was like together. He was a fucking star, was like you know? And it was a different type of star. It wasn't like 70s burnout hair part of the, you know, the Eagles. The Eagles had run their course. Like Sting was a more sophisticated sort of Sting's sound. Sting's music now is just like. Oh, it's just. It's, it's so. It's boring adult contemporary crap. Just fucking playing the bass next to a black eye. I know. <laughs> Perfect balance. And, you know, and, and everything that I had found, you know, um, wanting in, in human nature, she. You know, she would point out the positive aspects of it. So I, uh, 
I don't know. I was really enamored. And then I told her all those things, and it really creeped her out. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and this was our first date. So. <laughs> you know, it was like... She said, why like, didn't you talk about politics? That's how bad it was. <laughs> a white woman on a first date said, please talk about politics. Yeah. Sir. Any fault with her at all. And uh, uh, she was just like a shining light in my life. And we were together for like every day for probably three years. And uh, we were engaged and we were supposed to be married after uh, after we graduated. And uh, and she was killed by a drunk driver. Oh. And um, and I was like pretty much just destroyed. Hang on. Uh, got to read. That, that's sad. Wait, together, hold on. Like that's sad. Here we go. Probably three years. And uh, we were engaged and we were supposed to be married after uh, after we graduated. And uh, and she was killed by a drunk driver. We did that when Matthew Perry died last week. <laughs> I'm sorry. What Hallmark movie is this? I'm just trying to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what did the James? So then yeah. he created. That's how he created the crow. Wow! But he must have been a talented well, artist, man, because that happened in shortly. I mean, he created the crow like in the late eighties or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, so and it, it was a serial. He did it like in parts for like a magazine. Wow! Flower, and then then just it must have really hit. You know what? It must have what really point. hit. Oh yeah, I yeah. think it came out in like ninety one, and by ninety four, in the was movie, made. yeah, and, and it's like wow, that, that, that that's a that's a pretty fast track, you know. But yeah, that's how he. So then he got the look at that fucking physique. I mean, that's a little homoerotic right there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it looks like Tom of Finland. You know what I mean? Not, have you seen that with those beefy gay men? You know, it's bizarre art. You know, it's like. Tom of Finland. Father writes, how bizarre. How bizarre. How bizarre. <laughs> like this weird, like hyper masculinization. It's like, I don't know. Check the chat here. It's, it's weird. I don't say weird because it sounds phobic when I say that. But it's just not, it is not my sensibility. I am not the intended audience of the Tom of Finland art, you know? <laughs> We have to do, might have to do some one take, man. Just to let you know. Oh so, yeah, you yeah. don't want to take a break? No, nah, yeah, we should just just go through because I got I'll have to leave. Not not that soon, but like you know, half an hour or something like that. Forty five minutes. But yeah. Oh oh, is this? Uh, oh, is this Seagal? <laughs> no, yeah, this is still more the crow. Yeah, it is absolutely. Yeah. These intricate deaths, and then he has to, he kills them, but then his biggest challenge, he has to figure out how to draw a bird and light it on fire. <laughs> so you know who did it. Yeah. His name is Eric Draven. <laughs> I gotta admit it. It's Raven with a D. I, I, I want to, like, befriend crows. <laughs> Dude, like, there's crows a whole nest are, of them out here. Dude, crows are a good fucking I bird, I could probably man. summon crows at this point. If, if I tell you, you start feeding them, I'm okay. telling you, Keith, they're gonna remember you. Oh, they have vendettas against people. Dude, they'll like attack other crows. But also, if you, they if, remember. Yeah, absolutely. They totally remember. But they'll also remember the good things, too. You know what I mean? The, the, they the, remember the good times, too. Because <laughs> I think I told the story before, but I knew someone who worked in a lab. I think it was in Wisconsin. And uh, did, did a lot of animal experiments. A lot of monkey, you know, memory loss and strokes and shit. A lot of research like that. Where basically you, you torture a monkey for a year and then it dies. Uh, that was a while ago. Maybe it's different now. But with like crows, this guy would do experiments on crows, and the crows hated him. They hated his guts. He was like a, a researcher. Well, they let the crows out at the end of the experiment, Keith. If you're, if oh, I'm listening. They let the crows out. Months later, he's walking down the quad, 
and these three crows fucking attack him. <laughs> they, 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 they dive bombed him and like landed on his head and pecked him on his head and pecked him on the face and shit. Like they attacked him. They, and it was months later. Like they remembered who he was. <laughs> I think that's incredible. I, yeah, I guess another, battery. You know, another thing they do, maybe this is not, they, they pick up nuts and stuff and they drop them on streets and then have cars run over them and then they eat the, you know, they eat, yeah. like they know what to do. I, I, that's pretty intelligent, you know? There's a strategy. And crows and ravens have a vendetta against each other and one of them killed a raven outside. Whoa! A raven killed a crow and the maintenance person had to pick it up by the claw. Wow. She was a soldier about it, dude. She fucking got, she probably dropped it in a stew later for her family. Yep. By the way, the aesthetic of that apartment is me in my 20s in yeah, Wicker Park. That's Wicker Park. That fucking a that sink with nothing in it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and that the table, like, the yeah, fold down table. Yes. You can break it down if there's not two people there. And, and also like the uh, the stove, you know. I mean, I'm telling you, like the 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 spice rack thing up there. I mean, it, it totally had the look of Wicker Park. God, I miss those days in a weird way. It just kind of faded, you know. Like it was interesting. I Man, that was my that, that that's my first experience living in Chicago from '92 to '95, living in Wicker Park. As we watch TV here, I'll go through some TV league standings, and then we'll close what, with what a it? little bit of a uh, yeah TV history. Absolutely, that'd be great. But yeah, so but I am excited, uh, Keith, about. The Vikings, I think, have that Dobbs trade was a shrewd fucking trade, man. Dude, uh, <laughs> I'm uh, happy fucking, about it. uh, they're saying the Cardinals, it's the dumbest trade ever. Well, I mean, it's not the fact Mike that, Florio was saying it was the stupidest trade in NFL history. I, uh, there's a trade that Minnesota was involved with that was actually the stupidest trade, and and there's well, yeah, been a lot that was Herschel it's the Walker. Herschel Walker trade because it gave. Three Lombardis to the Cowboys. Man, how but, many times is Tombstone on when we're recording? <laughs> Fucking. Ah, I feel quite capital. Here we go. <laughs> this is the first murder. So, uh, week 11 standings of the Heisler Television yes. Championship Series. Uh, Sunday Night Football, Jets Raiders took 50 points, took first place. Oh, that's a classic. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, no violence, violence. Yeah, yeah. Ah, you got me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> ah. He hits him over the head. This, this is where the, the bad blood starts with this incident. Better get him off. This got me Batman. You gotta get him off the street, damn it. I'm a man and I'm taking care of things. The, I'm uh, taking care of business. The primetime overrun of the late Fox NFL game scored 40 points. This is broadcast. Wow. Strictly come dancing. So, so how <laughs> 35 points. <laughs> The fact that, again, that name is hysterical to me. It took two Strictly slots. What's it called again? Strictly, Strictly Come Dancing. Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> the fact that the word it doesn't make Strictly. Sense. It doesn't make sense. Be, why, it I has something to do with the full Monty, I think, or some sort of like phrase that they have out there. I, I, I think you're on to something. Here's what I think it makes sense. Let me look I it think up. it's it's dancing, which I'm sure is looked down. You know, oh my God, you're 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 moving around too much. You're you're in your body too much. There's something kind of sexual about what you're doing. You know, so you're loose with your body, and that looseness is not appreciated. So we'll say strictly come dancing. You must dance strictly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like there's strictness yeah, in what we're doing, here. but you're dancing. Strictly come dancing. I say. So that, that's got to be huge in England. Got to be huge. Ike. Let's see the origin of the name. That's wild if it's just like this is the, the title we came up with. <laughs> Music lover. 
And you. You're next. You're next, music lover. I don't like you. Drunk piano player. <laughs> First producer series Big Brother unsuccessfully pitched the idea of a modern come dancing. Oh, come dancing was a British ballroom dancing competition show from 1950 to 1998. What? 19. That's almost 50 fucking years, <laughs> yeah. man. Holy shit. That's amazing. So, unlike its follow-up, Strictly Come Dancing, contestants were neither celebrities nor professionals. Okay. So, Strictly Come Dancing, I guess they just added a word. <laughs> exactly. Strictly Come Dancing, I say. Strictly. You must be it was strictly the title. It was, it was a modern come dancing under the title of Pro Celebrity Dancing. Strictly Come Dancing is better. Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> Strictly Come Dancing. Oh, the title is an amalgamation of the titles of the 1992 Australian film Strictly Ballroom and Come Dancing. Okay. Okay. Still doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's still it's a little still bit of an odd combination. And yeah, yeah. Clunky and so British. Work. Yeah, absolutely. Quite simply, come dancing, yes. Yeah, strictly. That's come what the dancing. show is called. You Quite, must oh strictly my, dance. Oh my God! You yes. come <laughs> Will you please come dance? <laughs> yes. Oh. Strictly. What's the title of the show called? Oh, it's called. Oh, please come dance strictly. Will you? Oh. <laughs> so, uh, what is? What's the next one? What's the next show? So that's scored. That was 35 points. Yeah. And then the OT, the NFL's uh, Fox's postgame show, oh, yeah. scored 32. Uh, and then uh, another Strictly Come Dancing episode got that 30 spot. And then okay. just missing out was Monday Night Football in 60 minutes. And then for the streaming, Suits was dethroned again at number one by the fall of the House of Usher. So a new series has clipped number one. That's rare. Yeah. For a new series to crack a billion like that. It's only eight episodes or something like that. Well, well, it, it's a royalty it's a, story. It's from 2020. No, it's the fall of the House of the Usher. I think it's a horror thing. Oh, yeah. Was that, was that a uh, like Sir a, Arthur Conan Doyle? Like a, uh, you know. No, a, I think that's uh, the dude who did the quote the Raven, Nevermore. The guy who had a cat named Edward. Oh, Edward. yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the guy was from Virginia and died in Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, I think yeah. it's Edgar Allan yeah, Poe. Yeah, exactly. I knew it was, God, that, that's a deep one. Edgar Allan Poe, I guess, was huge in France. I feel like they've the fall of the House of the Usher, Telltale Heart, are just things that are just remade constantly. Yeah, like a, yeah. they're seasonally remade. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like a Dickens thing. Your great expectations, yeah. your you know. But Suits got forty points, yeah. uh, and then Grey's Anatomy thirty five points. Grey's Anatomy Man. is setting the stage. And here's another thing. So we have after the standings, we're going to go through some TV news here. Yeah. Uh, Grey's Anatomy took 35 points, so it's climbing. Then we have Bluey at 32 points and Love is Blind at uh, the 30-point spot. To bring the championships uh, standings to Suits at number one, 530 points. Sunday Night Football just on its heels, 425 points. Wow. Bluey, 368 at third place. Fourth place, Grey's Anatomy, 271 points. Just getting those 35s. Yeah. And then we found out because the, uh, the actor strike ended... So we have some news about, uh, so this is just for CBS. CBS will take advantage of this year's Super Bowl to launch its truncated 2023-2024 primetime lineup the week of February 12th. Wow. So they're not starting. The NFL has just got full reign to dominate yeah. until February. Absolutely. They're not starting the new schedule until after the Super Bowl. Uh, what so, are they going to create in three months during with the holidays too? The actors are already Instagramming videos, going to the table reads, so they're wow. they're starting to film those things now. Wow! Well, uh, I can tell you, I mean, we well, I don't, I don't get into details, but we've we've reached out to some people and had some um, whatever we, we forwarded some of our materials, had some promising leads, but they aren't you know 
So we still have not been accepted, Keith. Just to so, let you know, you you would know if that. So happened. they're gonna have a. I'm gonna flip. But we've had some here. opportunities, Keith. We really have since the strike, since the writer strike ended. Ooh, you know, this is a classic staple of the show. Echo oh. Room Boxing. Yes. Oh, oh no, no, no! I, th I think this is actually this is. Okay. I wish it Sandwich was Echo Room. I love that Echo Room shit. Time, when you can hear like, "Hey, Rudy!" Yeah. You hear the punch and you echo can hear the slapping of meat. Yeah, th box. this is actually this is a pretty big crowd. Actually, they got like they got a this is MGM. I bet you they got a couple thousand people there. Stevenson you know? versus De La Santos Hernandez. <sighs> Tell you what, they're man. literally wearing their flags. Yeah, is it is one guy Puerto Rican and the other guy Dominican and American? Wow. Okay. Tell you what, man. Latin's like the boxing, man. Oh, yeah. Latin's fucking... <laughs> Dude, they have, like, there. Was, someone had a boxing... When me and Todd lived in Chicago, yeah. they've had a boxing match in their backyard for the kid's birthday party. Like, wow. one of our neighbors. Wow. There were, like, chickens squawking back yeah. there. It was wild. Yeah, absolutely. I can bomb. see that. So, NCIS, FBI, and uh, Young Sheldon will be the first shows to roll out. Uh, that makes for a shortened three-and-a-half-month TV season, which means that most of CBS's uh, series... Are expected to be kept between 10 and 13 episodes, airing from mid February to May. New legal drama Matlock, starring Kathy Bates, wow. and comedy Papa's House, starring Damon Waynes and Damon Waynes Jr., have been pushed to the 24 25 TV season. Interesting. Meanwhile, the plan to premiere the new Justin Hartley drama Tracker behind the Super Bowl on February 11th continues to stand. That's like a new tradition. You premiere your new hot show after the Super Bowl because it's going to get 16 yeah. million people. Well, it's always been there. The A-Team. The A-Team. Was an after Super Bowl. Was after Super Bowl 17 where the Redskins beat the Dolphins. Which for me, like the Dolphins, the Dolphins were this elite team. They had beaten the Vikings. They had an undefeated season. Shula was deemed, he was like the Belichick of his era. And, to, and when the Redskins beat them, it was like, oh my, and the AFC was deemed dominant. They were the dominant conference at that point. It was like, whoa, hold on. Even though I know the Niners had won one, that blew me away when the Redskins beat them. Anyway, CBS plans to market. Team. CBS exactly. plans to market the return of originals via the NFL playoff games and the Grammy Awards on February fourth. In addition to the Super Bowl on Feb eleventh, uh, here are uh, oh yeah, and then they have the premiere dates. But it's pretty much all going to be a ten to thirteen episode. All the networks yep. are doing truncated half season. Yeah, yeah, half season. Yeah, you know, well, whatever. I mean, it's. You know, they should be able to do that. That's what most shows are now, right? Your streaming shows are all like eight to twelve to ten episodes, right? Isn't that kind of what it is? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do, I have eight episodes. We did the outline on. So and then to, to close this bitch out, we'll do a little TV history. Yeah, absolutely. Want to hear it? So, are you a little bit more excited about the Bears? Not excited, but do you think the Bears are? Have they shown you a little bit recently? Have they shown you more? I mean, the defense is, but I, they don't, I don't want them to do well this season. Yeah. Like they don't, I, I'm of the mind, like I've said, yeah. I don't, I don't like this struggle to seven and nine, yeah. eight and eight yeah. or whatever. Like it, what does it matter if you make the playoffs, if you're definitely going to lose in the first yeah. round? No, I know. Just be bad. Exactly. And I think they got bigger problems than just winning games. They're, they're a embarrassingly run organization yeah they're poorly run they uh, really are like in a laughable level like it was debatable before when are those bears gonna join modern but it's like do you just on purpose do the wrong thing yeah like do you have a board where you're like here's the model of how you make a franchise yeah. and you literally do the opposite yeah so polls 
are they at, are they all over? I don't polls? think so because you he's know. he's done he's made some good draft moves. I mean, he got us DJ Moore in this high like all the all of the hope we have in the draft is Ryan Poles. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, I think he whiffed on Eberflus. We need to get an offensive yeah. coach. I just think this finally showed the ownership that that Lovey Smith yeah. defensive coach is just gone. It doesn't work anymore yeah. in the NFL. I know. Even defensive coaches now are like more gain. Like they don't impose their philosophy on yeah. the whole fucking team. <laughs> I know it's, you know, I think because of the weather they play in and you got to play good defense and run the ball in late November and into December, I get that. Well, with climate change, they have to change because it's not as cold as it used to be. Isn't it like in the mid 60s right now in the Midwest or is it in the upper 50s or something? I mean, it's not cold yet at all. And usually by this time, you're starting to get some cold there. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, November was a pretty month, but I always hated it. You know, I always hated it because I knew I knew it was around the corner. You know, I, I, I was dreading it. You know, aren't you glad we don't you don't have winter? Aren't you glad about? No, that? I love winter. Really? Oh, I miss it so you, much. You, you miss winter? Hell yeah! I don't. I really think miss I it. think it's monotonous. You forget what time of year it is. Uh, that certainly happens out here. There's no doubt about that. You know, but I have a pretty strong internal clock. So, but it's just like there's no change. You wake up and it's sunny every day. Uh, yeah, sunny and eighty, no cloud. Like the sky looks the same every day. It's like Groundhog Day. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's I'm always weirded out when people are depressed. People who like are native Los Angeles who are depressed. I'm like, how are you depressed? Do you know? Do you know what's like well, to be where you don't see the sun for like four or five months? There are times all your fucking, senators are hot. You know, like, <laughs> even Jerry Brown was married to Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> you know, I mean, look at this. Look at what we're dealing with now. So we got a little broadcast. Channel Four News live, five p.m. November twelfth, nineteen ninety-six. Local news with fucking Fat Roker. And now, Sue Simmons, Dean Shepard, Al Roker, and yeah. Len Berman. Len, I remember Len Berman. Hell yeah. It's a mistrial for Alex Kelly, the former high school wrestler charged with rape. Good evening. The jury. God, way to kick off a broadcast. The, 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 <laughs> America just... Well, see, this is the reason why, like, it's going to be so gross this next year when Trump is on trial for all of his indictments, which are going to be going on next year. It's just this country just it, it, it's such a bastardization of, of what we should be. You know, it's just it's on display for everyone to see like these trials and shit. Oh, yeah. And America loves a trial Look at that jacket, you know, defense, but the alleged victim gave. An emotional account of a vicious attack. In that's a that's a bland starter he's wearing right there. Not team specific, yep. just a starter. Yep. And then blossomed into reasonable doubt for at least two jurors. This was a case in which the prosecution was unable to prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. None of us were there. They took their best shot and they lost. And I think it is a great insult, not only to this victim, but to all victims of sexual assault, to say that this was an enjoyable experience. I know firsthand what she has suffered, not only during this past trial, but during the past 10 years. It's our view. I rubbed her back repeatedly over this trial <laughs> to console her. W w yeah, where was it? Was the kid like a rich kid? You're a rich girl. I'm sure there's been a, a script written about it, you know. Over the years. What was the vote, man? I don't know what he did. He just... Just jerked him off of the rope. Did what? Jerked him off the rope. Sheriff's deputy shielded jurors who failed to convict or acquit Alex Kelly of kidnapping and raping a 16-year-old neighbor 10 years ago on the eve of his 1987 trial for... Two He's like, we don't talk about the old stuff. Why are you bringing up past... 
came home to face the now 26-year-old married woman. The jury was split four to convict and two to acquit. Before the wow. trial started, the defense denied plea bargain talks were underway. That's a rapey haircut. I, I, I've never... I don't have... And I'm not trying to virtue signal. You don't got the ability. Uh, the, uh, I, you don't got what it takes. When Curtis? I was 18 years old, I didn't have. You don't rape have what it fantasies. takes. You don't have what it takes to take. You know, it's just I. I can't. His Look at that stash. I think it's only it's only crooked. His 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 uh, little fucking catfish is crooked. Well, yeah, his Raleigh fingers is not working. You know. Now, the state said it was ready for trial as early as January. That's something that's going to be worked out. The state also said, wow, an old case. Take the stand. An old Again, case. Woman seemed to leave I wonder what ever happened to the wives, you know, having to go through this, like, reflecting back on it. Verdict um, as to the charge of first degree premeditated murder is guilty of the lesser offense of second degree murder. The defendant, Jonathan Schmitz, showed no emotion as the verdict was read this morning. He admitted to killing Scott Amador after the victim appeared on the Jenny Jones talk yeah, show. Yeah, I remember this. And revealed himself as a secret admirer of Schmitz. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a homophobic. Exa yeah, exactly, exactly. Is a maximum I, I actually watched this. Do, do, have you ever seen that show? Uh, we watched, like, it was called Real ID or something, where it's like, it's that famous voiceover actor who, it's like they solve cases yes. in half an hour. Yeah, yeah. They had this case on there. They, they, they talk about this guy, and it was all because he was gay, and, and there was a real homophobia going on there. Which is fucking crazy. Because his friends probably made fun of him you know, a little bit after that. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and so he, he ended up killing the dude. And, and I and tr almost got away with it, but there was like you know some modern sort of techniques. By the way, as we've said before, as people who lived through the 90s, the F word for gay oh, was very oh, normal. Front and center. Front and center. Front and, and center. And calling things gay. Oh, Like using, using the word gay to represent something that's abnormal oh, was yeah. like very normal. Oh, absolutely. Because you want to know why? I did it. That's the reason why. Oh, me too. I, I, I remember calling someone a gay wad. Oh, absolutely. Gay wad, gay rod. I said all the terms for a, for a gay person. Pillow biter, ass bandit. Pillow biter, that's so British. You know, well, he's a pillow biter. You know, uh, you know, uh, ass bandit, rump ranger, turd burglar. That was a big one. Mo. I said mo all mo the time. Mo is fun. You mo. I mean, on my dorm floor, my, my, my first year in college, but I had two other, guys, two other <laughs> friends of mine. We would just say, hey, Mo. Hey, you, Mo. You, Mo. Hey, Mo. That's fun. Hey, Mo. Because it can mean something else. Because the three, and we would do it all, I and mean, we did that for for months on end. That was our way of communicating. That's just for you sit in the dorm and do it for hours. That's yeah. all hey, you'd Mo. say. <laughs> you hey, Mo. <laughs> Disaster it's unbelievable. In Ooh. This one man made. Two airliners. Yeah, we had an Air India midair crash. 96 was just louse with crashes. We were just coming off the heels of TWA. Do, do you watch those 45-minute breakdowns? Hell of, yeah. I got to be honest with you. Those things are fucking great, Biden man. Those things are great. New Delhi, 351 people are dead. Do you know something? When I watch it now, when I, they have a lot of old crashes on there. When I watch it now, Keith, dude, dude the planes now are pretty technologically advanced, man. In the 90s, they were still flying like DC-9s from like the late 60s and early oh, 70s. and like... You know, like, come on, man. You see the wires? They're all like wrapped in tape. It looks like someone's stereo setup. Oh, I know. And it's a, they have like 11 sensors on their black box. They have hundreds of sensors now. Like, they they gather information. When there's a crash, They the National Transportation Safety Board is a pretty impressive organization. They do a very good job of breaking it down. You know, they got to keep the fucking the airline. You know, the, they got to keep the airlines floating. It's a global economy. You know, 
and dwarfed the smaller Kazakh jet that carried just 39. That smaller plane was inbound from Kazakhstan. The 747 yeah. was taking off for Saudi Arabia. When they collided, so which is not yet a blood state. <laughs> well, no, it, was, it was. It was just yeah. starting. It, when did Saudi Arabia become like, oh, this is going to be a problem? These guys are going to be a problem. Uh, in the seventies, in the seventies, with the, with the oil crisis, you realize how important oil was. When when there was a two percent embargo, so a two percent embargo. Essentially, our chaos. involvement in the Middle East is we need white guys there to take that oil. I mean, it's, I, I think at the end of the day, it's the most important commodity on earth. It still is. It's, it's how a lot of the world. See, and that's why and we the, need to just mine Texas. The, 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 there is a movement across the planet to try to get off fossil fuels. Yes, Saudi Arabia is apparently leading it. Well, I think I told you a story about it. I got a buddy who worked for Skidmore in Chicago, and his job was they were, they were designing the shake of the United Arab Emirates had literally hundreds of billions of dollars his house was a four billion by the way that guy's name is uh shake rattle and roll so that's the way it is there we go uh my buddy was a model builder for skidmore you know the big architectural firm in chicago so he had to build this and these models cost like 80 grand to make 100 grand to make and the shake wanted to create an entirely sustainable city in the United Arab Emirates of 70,000 people. So it was basically the scale of like a, a 40 or 50 story building that he had to fly over to give a presentation. Like my buddy had to basically be support for the main architect who gave a 15 minute presentation. Like it was holding court. He had to go to like the, the yeah. king and the king had two sons. Like, okay. And then someone would come up and like, like all these, these movies about royalty and, you know, in England and stuff. It's like, and, and that still exists there. So the guy gave a 15 minute presentation. They were there for a week. They got flown first class British Airways. They stayed in like Abu, I mean, like the European quarter. It, it's was really nice. He said. Uh, and then they flew back. Said, okay, thank you. They were very pleasant. They weren't jerks. They were like, oh, thank you for coming out. And we'll let you know. Two weeks later, they're like, yeah, we like your project. We just wired $5 million into your account. Start designing. Start designing. You know, and so and start build, you know, and, and build the building. I heard a lot of know? those buildings there are like, they're empty. It's just for oh, show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it shows like I say, they're just filled with skeletons, yeah. literal human skeletons. <laughs> They've turned them into, into cemeteries, you know, but yeah, anyway. But yeah, the, yeah, the the, uh, the '90s. It's, it's interesting how far. How that's half my life ago was this year. Half my life Ooh, ago. What have we got here. Twenty Chopper years. Four got for us. Okay, breaking news and the evening commute live from Chopper Four. This the was like cutting edge to Chopper me, like, technology. Uh, Chopper started becoming big in the '70s too. Well, it's a good traffic day there in the in the Big Apple. The, 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 that is a you know what that was a throwback to the Vietnam War. The Choppers. Viet, yeah, the Vietnam. Oh yeah, because it was like. Fucking yes. the comic. Oh, I'm here, <laughs> fucking Lenny Bruce bit. Exactly. I'm doing a Lenny Bruce routine. Hey, I'm flying over Saigon. My God, he's corrupting the world. He's some really basic statement. Hey, there's Charlie down there. Like it, it, it was, but also I think a lot of people came back uh, from Vietnam and they were helicopter pilots. Yeah, and, and that was like a the chopper was a big thing in action. It was Blue Thunder, 1983. One of Roy Scheider's last time being a leading man in a movie was the movie Blue Thunder. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a chopper movie about this cutting edge chopper that flies around L.A. You know, Daniel yeah. Stern is in it. To the chopper. You know. So how many people do you think? I predicted 50,000 people would be it's killed. It's already at 11. It's at 11. I think it's before the end of the year. They might not make 50. They're going to make 30. 
they're going to make 30. Are, are they going to actually have a ceasefire for Christmas? Are they going to do that or for, a, for religious holidays, Ramadan or you know what I mean? Are they going to yeah. Hanukkah? Are they going to have a ceasefire for that? I will be curious to see if they do that. You know, it would really be, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just, I don't really like the state of the world right now. It's getting to be, I think my dad was just a little late on when the world was going to end. He said, oh, four. And he was like, there's going to be peace. And then the Middle East will just collapse. But the thing about it is that you know, we have been socialized to think uh, 1.1 million people died in a pandemic. Okay. Oh yeah. And I'm not saying what's going on in Israel and the Gaza Strip isn't relevant. Of course it is. Of course it is. But it's like, that's not, I think it was such a big deal that people just didn't even know how to manage it, I think. I mean, do you, what do you think about the lasting impact of, of, of the pandemic? Do you even think about it? It's just like, oh, it just happened. I mean, I do, but I don't just because I feel like I'm not like this, like, uh, you know, I'm prone to propaganda. So yeah. like, I just feel like America's built this environment where like the pandemic is over. Yeah. Like I'm almost back to like when I see people in COVID masks, I'm just like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck it's, are you doing? I, I never wear my mask. Did you not no. get the vaccine? I only Did you wear not it. Get the vaccine? I should say exactly. I, I I only wear it uh, on the subway. That come over. I only wear it in the subway or public transportation. I, I don't wear it anywhere else. I feel like there you could still you could get it pretty easy. But I've never had it. So we're gonna. I got Patty yeah. Duke starring in To Face Her Past, a oh. drama. Nineteen. This week in '96 contained two original television movies. I feel like '96 they were trying to dust off. The original television movie, which this was huge in the 70s. Oh, it, 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 honestly, the TV movie almost rivaled like going to a movie. Like it was almost on the same level as that. They had not. This film is inspired by actual events. <laughs> oh, okay. So, which means not... it was inspired by like a, a sentence <laughs> of truth. <laughs> it's not based on a true story. What is that threshold to earn that based on a true story versus. I think it's literally like if you take a scenario and. Tracy Gold. Tracy Gold. You take like a, a, a woman was raped by her husband in Oregon, and then you just build all sorts of nonsense around okay. it. Okay, David Ogden Steers. He, he was Winchester in, uh, in, in MASH. Replace Frank Burns. Let me Google G Gabriel Gutierrez. Oh my God, from, from Beverly Hills 9012. <clears throat> this is a cast. So let's get the plot she here. Is. Uh, a housewife who appears to be in a stable life in an American village. One day, her 24-year-old daughter, Lori, who is married to Jesse Molina and recently gave birth to his daughter, unexpectedly collapses and is hospitalized. Is that true? several tests, yeah. she's diagnosed with leukemia. Her doctor reveals to Beth that Lori is in urgent need of a donor through her rare blood type. Makes finding one a difficult task. Yeah. It's one of those movies where you have to read the entire oh. fucking plot of the movie to fucking, good. like, there's yeah, no yeah. just <laughs> sentence. <laughs> is that James Brolin? Or, or is that Christian Bale in 20 years? Look at this. Is that Christian Bale in 20 years? <laughs> yeah. It's James Brolin. So here's a better one. A teen pregnancy and other secrets haunt a woman, Patty Duke, whose adult daughter, Tracy Gold, needs a bone marrow transplant. Mm. Okay. Look, is that Patty, Patty Duke? She looks... Rough. Yeah, she looks like you know that Sean Astin's mom. Yeah, uh, her her her, uh, her um celebrity autopsy is pretty good. Oh, what, she did she pretty just good die of being old? Uh, yeah, well, she she had bad intestinal issues, and she just was she had deep mental illness, very strong mental illness. Really had anxiety and, and huge depression, and just and was a, I mean, a voracious chain smoker. 
smoked packs and packs of cigarettes a day. She probably came up in the slight era where they were like oh, dude. seen as stress relievers and oh, stuff uh, like that. She, when I've watched Playboy After Dark, the late 60s episodes, Patty Duke was like this young starlet. She's like in her mid-20s, late 20s at that time. You know, and, and she was really a very pretty woman. She won an Oscar, but I mean, she was crazy, though. I mean, she truly, I say crazy, that's just rough. I shouldn't say that. You know, people are like, Patty's but, here, and they're like, but she was, uh, had deep mental illness. Ooh, David. Yeah, yep. Ja James Brolin. James Brolin, I knew he was bro. He, he's, uh, he, I think he's married to Barbara Streisand. He put on a little weight, didn't he? I remember, James Brolin to me is a bigger guy. He's a little thin. Yeah, wait. Well, that yeah. scene. Uh, well, I remember him from horror movies in the late seventies. Uh, Amityville Horror. He was in. He was also in The Car, which is actually kind of. I actually like The Car. I saw it recently. It's 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 dated, but I was like, this this still kind of works. There's just basically this possessed car in the desert that's killing people. Like a fake, like a half-ass Christine. But yeah, but yeah, but but it's it's like one. It basically looks like the same body type as a hearse. But it doesn't have the same sort of, you know, that that back part. I mean, it's grill is like if you're gonna get hit by that car, you are dying. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. The thing weighs like thirty eight. Like getting hit pounds. by a Cadillac. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah and I mean, just big chrome and 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 whatever. It's hokey because like, the, the car can sense where you're at and shit, chasing people down. Big chrome keeping Mon Pa chrome down for decades now. I mean, there's a lot of unnecessary shots in yeah. this intro. You well, don't, why it, do I need to see the moving van pull away? It's, it's you know, storytelling. It was still kind of slow, I think. The power. Yeah. Well, because you needed to cover a two-hour stretch. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They probably got 40 minutes of story here. <sighs> the, the, it seems like the, the modern palette, and I thought it was strong, like, fast back then. It's just like, oh, my God. How much God. of your era TV movies were also product placement? Like, that vacuum is sold in stores, probably. In the 70s, it wasn't that big. It was deemed, that was deemed, like, kind of low class to do that in a movie. Oh, product placement. That's, That's probably what Reagan chipped away at. The know. idea of, kind of the idea of product placement was probably a Reagan thing, too, you think? <laughs> I don't know if it was a policy. If or was. not a policy, yeah. but, like, the idea that it's cool to, like, ads are dope. Do Commercials know, rule. Do you know what absolutely was? was naming rights on stadiums like changing stadiums were just veteran stadiums. so yeah rfk i don't know soldier it as field i know it as pro player stadium exactly. not joe robbie stadium exactly you know and, and like so naming right that's when like, the corporatization really started to take over they may i mean i get it they make literally tens of millions of dollars by doing that it's like well, you're going to do that then, you know i mean it's like whatever the white Sox stadium it, it changes every three years you oh, know yeah. It was the sell at one time, you know? It's 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 just God Patty Duke. Heat lot of heat rockets. A lot of heat rockets, you know. <laughs> you know? David Augustus looking at him, oh, you know, I played Winchester on MASH. I'm a respected actor. I also conduct a symphony in I'm Oregon. I'm fighting the theory that I'm British for the last thirty years. <laughs> yeah, but he's actually got a he's like a continental snob. But if you ever watch, I don't even watch it on the show before. I haven't watched it recently, but Playboy After Dark in the late 60s, she's on it. And she gets interviewed. Hefner, very awkward. Not, not a, like this. Oh, I mean, the portrayal? first incel, probably. Yeah, it, it, it was odd. I mean, it's. I mean, people who fuck don't want to start fuck books. You know, <laughs> like if he's getting, like, I'm going to start a pussy book. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, it, it's a. But it was a lifestyle magazine. That's how it was, it was trying to portray it as that. But it got it's taken over by the, por yeah, by the by the pornography. No doubt about it. Is that you where know? you saw your first bush? Absolutely. 
getting a Playboy. You were in the woods era, dude. You dug, oh. a, you dug a hole. You planted a flag in a mound. I have mound. distinct memories of Robbie Bolin, one of my best friends from junior <laughs> high school. In What's the Robbie grade. doing now? Uh, he's probably he might be on the street somewhere. I don't think Robbie had an easy. He's with life. Lee Jevons. Yeah, no, no. This is before. I'm, this is back in Virginia. Yeah, I was eleven years old. City, city Crochet. This is nineteen eighty. I had to walk from Stonewall Jackson Middle School, which just changed their name two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> Floyd. Do, do Floyd it thirty years ago. I, I get it. It's in the early eighties. It's pretty redneck. So I went to Stonewall Jackson Middle School. My brother went, graduated from Stonewall Jackson High School. So I, I'm walking back to our, we live like in a, uh, in a, uh, um, like three story, like townhome. So I had to walk through this big field and this big field had trees and there was like a bike path through it. Well, all of a sudden Robbie's like, get over here. Get over. And I look over. Someone had thrown out all of their old like penthouse calendars and Ooh, penthouse magazines. And penthouse was like, that you, was like, you saw Clinton penthouse. I mean, it was like, yeah, absolutely. You it saw was like, lip. Holy shit. That wasn't stylized nudity. Yeah, that was like, yeah, we're showing things it. are hanging. Absolutely. And I remember we, we walked past that point for like two straight weeks. We were and we got our, our fill in, you know, penthouse for, is when you saw the lip. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, Hustler was too harsh for me. It really was. My sensibilities. And was, Hustler had articles where it was just like uh, he stuffed me in my fucking in, in, my, in, in, in my fuck box. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's really like the or penthouse forum. I remember reading some of those and being like, "This is a little goofy." Something about the preliminary. Yeah, but you know, but but again, they all tried to portray Did we themselves. Miss Tracy going down as yeah as lifestyle Mac, but they didn't show her face. Oh, it's a reveal in the hospital who she is. Oh, oh, my she wrong? goes down. Look at this. It's because she uh, she also hasn't, hasn't eaten a sandwich in a, in a week and a half because Tracy Gold had a severe eating disorder. Oh, she was in a TV movie in the 90s. She had uh, a streak of TV movies. Absolutely. What if it was the continuity? It's like, I'm still anorexic, goddammit. Well, yeah, it's just well, the same character. This is, I mean, she was still, I mean, she was still an, enough of a name to garner this, you know? Yeah. Uh, that oh, this was a network pains? television absolutely. movie. Absolutely. I'm sure she got paid. I bet you she got paid a couple hundred thousand bucks to do this. See, that was where cable kind of fucked up and not realizing that watering something down. Lifetime saw the success of these movies and were like, we'll just do an entire network. Yeah. And they didn't realize that if we do this for years, it'll just become comical. Yeah. And now Hallmark or now Lifetime is literally making <laughs> like on purpose, terrible, like yeah. woman murder movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's all like if we turn on the Lifetime network. Is it, is it self-referential almost? Oh, you know well, what I mean? Like all, it knows what it is. It's all literally like someone goes to an inn uh, and re and then the innkeeper ends up being her long lost twin sister wearing a fucking someone else's face <laughs> what to like there's like these long psycho and it's a like these long the deep seated like someone's fucking like a uh, once bitten sister is hunting down her long lost aunt and pretending to be her nanny. It's like fucking hand that rocks the cradle. Shit yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, absolutely. Those were big in the early 90s. Who is this a transgender doctor? Yeah, right. No, fucking Tig. You know, <laughs> looks like fucking Jeremiah Watkins. There were some irregularities uh -oh. in the initial blood workup. Uh oh. And the bone marrow biopsy I did confirmed the early findings. Lori, the tests show you have the big C. Acute yeah. lymphocytic leukemia. It's because of your cum, David. You did it. 
semen. <laughs> your regular. weak genes. A particularly virulent kind of cancer. God, her, she's like, I think she was in Liquid Sky. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Liquid Sky was a, tr- it was a, a man played a woman. It does. Look at that fucking neckerchief. Yeah. They ripped her off the set of a fucking law show. Yeah. Just threw a white coat on her and we're like, can you say this line? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. I'm going to go back to the set of L.A. Law now. (laughs) Was L.A. Law off the air by 96? Oh, yeah. 93 was his last. 93, 94. My aunt Jojo fucking loved L.A. Law. You know, L.A. Law going off the air, I feel like made Law and Order the more popular show. L.A. Law was the more popular oh, show. I, oh, without a doubt. I, 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 L.A. Law was huge. L.A. Law was, was huge. It's bad news. <laughs> You're getting bad news. It ain't working out. I would love for you to walk in there and that's the first thing. That's bad news. <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat shit here, you know? That's you know, bad news, huh? You know? This dude. Oh, he's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. He was in, he was in the uh, Stargate. I also think he's in fucking Encino Man. He's the gas station guy. Hey, no, no, no. We's the juice. Well, it would make sense. You know, we's the juice. Aston, Aston was in Encino Man. Yeah. And then Patty Duke's in this. I guarantee you there's some hey, connection with the producer. Is Patty Duke. <laughs> Appropriate donor, harvest the bone marrow. Your shit, uh, fuck, son. Uh, Hope that the body accepts him. We're gonna bring uh, snakes in to suck the marrow. I gotta out of your admit, daughter. I, I gotta admit, that would be a bad thing to hear. Like, you're, yeah, yeah you've, you've got, uh, you got to do a bone marrow transplant. And I hear those are wow. extremely painful uh, I, to like get bone. You have to like, they cut uh, like a hole into your bone and literally like tap it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like a keg. Uh, and they and have like to get pull fluid it out. out. Oh. It's quite literally like it's in like the top two most painful things on earth. Oh. It's like childbirth and bone marrow transplants. Oh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you, I don't think you can be anesthetized. I think you have to be up for it. Well, I know like my, my mom died of bone cancer about 16 years ago. Were they finding years. matches? Were they seeing if anyone in your family was a match no, for no, the marrow? No, it, it, it was too far advanced. She, she had, uh, they said... 50% to live a year and she died seven months later. So it was like, it was pretty advanced in her, in her, in her two vertebrae in her back. Oh, so she and, probably had extreme back pain for oh, a while. Well, it had hollowed out one of her vertebrae and it fucking cracked and she had to get rushed to the hospital. That's when they did, diagnosed her. She was, so it had been going on, I think, for weeks, you know, before, probably months beforehand. And it hollowed out the butter and they're like, yeah, you got to. I bet you, that. do you think there's a part of her that was just like, I have to tough it out? Because I'm, oh, like, yeah, I'm yeah. a tough, independent woman. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not, yeah. not going to bitch out and say I have a bad back. Yeah, you know, but it was like, no, yeah, she, she got the news and it was just like, and yeah, and she died seven months later. Bone cancer is terrible. Oh, it's, it's probably ter- so painful. It, well, she, at the end of her life, she had... She had was she blazing fucking it, no, sticks it, she, or what? She, had, she didn't have one. <clears throat> she had barking sparkers. <laughs> she, although it was funny. She said she had quit smoking 15 years earlier. She said when she was 70... She was going to pick up smoking again. She didn't make it to 70. She was yeah. 60. She only, she's six That's years young, older than me. Dude. I know. She's six years older Crow's than me. Crow's mom was still hot. And, and, uh, and so she had two, not one, but two morphine drips. One on her back and one on her arm. And that arm. was back before they cut the click off. You know? Yeah. You oh, just fucking fill yourself well, with. Well, she had an automatic sort of, it was every, every 10 to 12 minutes. Boom. Just a little drop. Just a little drop. Just kept her high the last two months of her life, which... Did she I don't die know. at home? Yeah, she died at home. Absolutely. But she withered away. 
it was one of those like she Withered died away. with all her loved ones at her bedside. Well, I, I was actually not. I, I had gone to see her her last conscious day. <laughs> I was actually at a dead Kennedy's concert. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I was like, mom dying, Jello Biafri coming back. I thought, House of Blues, here I come. You know, that, that, bad. yeah, yeah, exactly. We thought she was going to hang till Saturday. I yeah. had tickets for God, this concert you know, come on, on Friday. Mom. <laughs> Jeez, I'm trying to make a bad idea. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> it's Friday. She looks good today. No, I, had I, flew, think, I. It was interesting. I flew back and saw her every month. Once a month, I flew back for the seven months. Work was cool about that. I got a three day weekend. I would just go. Hell yeah, dude. You know, and, and they were cool, which is good. And every time I saw her, she was just progressively worse, progressively worse, progressively worse to the end where she was bedridden. And she was basically comatose. Now, was she like straight up like, I'm dying? Oh, like, yeah. Like she was very honest, like you guys need to get things ready. She was like, totally on top of that. She created a trust. We inherited a few properties. So like, there was had, no like, I'm going to be strong and beat this. She's oh, like, oh, I'm dead. She did one round of chemo and she said chemo is like, she, and they were said we can do a second round. Her tumor had shrunk. It shrunk to like half its size, but it still existed. Wasn't gone, and that was back know? before there were some fucking Derek Shepherds, Grey's Anatomies that could fucking fillet that boy out without doing we, uh, damage. Yeah, I mean, it was like if that was today, they ago. might be able to like God. this is like we it's it's gonna <sighs> like we might kill you, but we can probably get this out. God, oh my God. So anyway, she uh, yeah she but she she always had a very open attitude about death. She's not a very religious person, not religious at all. She's like this is just. This is the natural part of existence. You know, I mean, I had a good life, you know, and, and I think she had moments where she was definitely scared at different times, but it was like that would pass. Now you were an pass. adult probably, but did yeah. you see the phases? Like, was she pissed? Like, did you ever see where she was like, fuck this? You know, honestly, no, they she, say you go through those. Yeah, like, they say the five phases of like yeah. denial and, and, and then anger and regret. Yeah. And, well, she, well then, she, she went to sadness right away because I think ultimately in her life, that was a dominant emotion for her, just the sadness of her existence. Well, you said when the cat died, it threw her into a fucking she like, was, I mean, it, it was apoplectic. I mean, yeah. It, it, and, and she saved, we had, we, we had an urn <laughs> with the cat's ashes. Did you put mix them in with hers? No. Well, you see, I never got her. Got, Bring got mama her ashes. with her baby. Uh, this is family shit I'm bringing up here, but but with my my second stepfather, who was just not cool. It just was very difficult to deal with in the whole process. With my mom, I'll go back. And I, I'm totally solid talking about this. It was some of the best memories of my life of, of being in a relationship, you know, being her kid, mm -hmm. and like you know, just we. I felt very clear with my mother. Like, no, it had, if it had happened five years earlier, totally different experience. I had totally come to terms with her in a lot of ways, you know? Uh, so I felt pretty comfortable with it. You know, it was sad. It was very sad, obviously. But her, her husband was just, he was over, because they had not planned, he was 19 years older than her. He was going to die. That she was, was. going to inherit some cash. It just fucked with the life plan. So, and he had, he had dementia, the beginnings of dementia. He was irritated and difficult to deal with and pissed off and thought everyone was coming after his money. And it was just like, ugh, whatever. She saved his life. You know, she's, he was going to have a heart attack. He had to get triple bypass surgery because he had shortness of breath. She got him in the hospital. He lived 13 years longer because, because of her, because of her. But her kid hated my mother. So like, you know, when she died, you know, it's like she donated her body to science. You know, and then they, they cremated her. She got the ashes. I, so I wanted to get my mother's ashes. And yeah, she just you know, wouldn't, wouldn't take my calls. Oh, that's wild. Uh, I, I wrote her a few letters. She wrote me a letter back 
uh, Keith, that was to say it was nasty is uh, is just an understatement. I mean, it was vicious. Like what she wrote in the letter. I mean, you're a walking piece of garbage. You know, I mean, just like it's just like it was so fucked up, you know, and so bad, you know, that I was just like, I never got her ashes. I, I have very few keepsakes of my mother. Mm. She didn't have a funeral. She didn't have a funeral because because he was just he had to be more of a leader in that regard. He had to and take he just was not in the men he, he had, didn't have the faculties yeah, he to just, do it. He, it just overwhelmed and, and not in a sad way in a defiant way So who did all too. that like where is, did you kind of have to like like who She never had a funeral. So it just was like It just did it didn't happen. Yeah. It's just like well you have to take the lead on that and, and if you brought it up with him very she's going to live. You know it's just like no she is not. She was brought home and she's literally on her deathbed. Her mouth is agape. How do you not see that and accept that her his denial was just it was Oh, so she was like, like when she like went to like nonverbal pretty quick. Well, I mean she, she was, communicated a little bit. Yeah, no, no. She was actually pretty good for about she got in August 2006 the diagnosis, died April 13th, 2007. But the last couple of weeks, like I saw her last conscious day, April 5th, eight days before she died. We talked about things, we had some documents to sign. You know, I was a pretty good conversation. My brother was in a tough headspace. I was killing it. You know, no, but, but but it was like I did my act. You know, yeah. <laughs> it was funny. She was like, "I knew how to pick him," which I thought was hilarious. It was gallows humor. I uh, talking about her, her husband. Yeah, was such a pain in the ass. And then the, I went to bed that night. Woke up the next day, and she was just in a in a coma. She just couldn't. I mean, she was you know, and shriveled up. She had she weighed like eighty pounds, and she was five foot nine. She had just shriveled up. Yeah. And so, like, she didn't really come too. So, I was there one day where she just was passed out the entire day. And then I flew up back the next day and then I got the call that week that she had died, you know. So, so it wasn't really surprising, you know. But yeah, this is a deep one. But going oh, yeah, into this, with, 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 it's with a her cancer episode, with, with the bone marrow thing, you don't want it. The bone and the bone cancer, it's just very painful. Very painful. She did one round of chemo. They asked her to do a second. And she's like, "I'm not going to do that again. It's like it's drinking poison. You're literally drink. You're poisoning. Oh your yeah, body, that's your you know? the, with your. You're just hoping that it kills the cancer before yeah. it kills you. It's, it's just like that. I mean, honestly, I'm hoping in the future. I'm hoping in the future, Keith. They look at that method as like we look at leaching right now. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you have a blood disease. Put it leeches like changes on the you. color of your skin. I feel yeah. like oh. you can see when someone's on chemo. Oh, it, it, it just, like turns it, you yellow. Oh, and your fingernails get all weakened. I mean, it's. It, I mean, you are. Yeah, you're playing with yeah. death. It makes you really ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I saw pictures of of a uh, Patrick Swayze's deathbed. And it was like, he, you know, he, I actually brought him up today because wow. we were talking about uh, we just couldn't pull his name at the shop because we're all stoned yeah, exactly. all the time. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, you know, I was like, people don't remember. He fucking died. Yeah, I was like, yeah. he just like quietly died in 2005 yeah, 2009 exactly absolutely 2000 he was 57 years old he had the pancreatic cancer yeah. right he was a, he was a uh smoked smoked a lot of cigarettes those heat rockets i'm boy. telling you they, they, they put you on nails in the coffin you gotta go you know yeah i gotta hit the road all a right bit, man i gotta go we're sorry man. Fucking, I no it was a good we're almost at two hours i wanted to it's like 9 30 yeah the goodbye song oh yeah it's almost 10 9.55. Yeah, oh fuck. I gotta get back. It was a good time. We peered into 1996. Absolutely. We did I the TV the League. You know, I'll have clips out. This was a very clippable show. I'm very I happy. So. I think this so. This cancer talk is gonna be a whole clip. 
I also think we were focused pretty well. Like, here's one of the things I always have concerns about with the show, Keith, and I feel bad about this, is that I'll go off on tangents and the THC will take over and I'll lose my train of thought. I don't think we had that. I think we had no, a good chemistry. I'm trying today. to get better at like keeping keeping it on track. Yeah, exactly. Because sometimes it's an issue for us, you know. But 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 we, I think we did a decent job. Yeah. You know? All right. Well, I'll see you. I think on Monday with Bailey, Monday or awesome. Tuesday. You want to jump by for that one? Are you good for early next week? Uh, I don't. Uh, the work thing is. Uh, all right. It's really taken it's over. It's all good. Man. I've been busy as shit, so unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys when I see you. Thanks absolutely. for watching. We love you. Thank you, people. Well, I hate to leave you, babe. Don't mean maybe because I love you so. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you. I really must say, oh, good night, sweetheart. Good night. Now, how can we announce we are off the air when we are off the air? <laughs>